Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, good morning. Happy Thursday. Wow, there's a lot going on for, uh, uh, you know, a summertime, a mid-July radio show. Hey, how's it? Chris and Gary here on ESPN Honolulu. For, uh, first of all, uh, another ESPYs uh, in the books. Yeah, and uh, I enjoyed I didn't get to see the whole show, but I thought Pat McAfee starting the show was pretty good. I caught LeBron James' really nice speech uh, about not retiring, uh, the way he presented himself. I thought was really, really good. And How did he w- present himself? Well, he, he presented himself as somebody who's never cheated the game. And he said yeah. it a few times. And I've been, I mean, I know I've been critical of him. Not that I don't appreciate and admire the talent, but hearing him last night, I admired him even more and almost felt bad about some of the criticism because, again, you might say he flops at times or whatever, but he's still one of the greatest players of all time. But as he said last night, I've, I've never cheated the game, and I'm giving it, I give it my all every time. And I know people hate me. I know people love me. Wow. And uh, he said that people think that I'm going to retire but I'm not going to retire unless I can't play the game. And today is your lucky day. I'm going to be skipping around no, a little Gary, bit. Gary, the big quote is is about retirement is um, that day is not today. I think it's a classic one. Yeah. But anyway, uh, check it out. Uh, the uh, show on Netflix, Quarterback, debuted yesterday, and we give it two thumbs way up. Yeah, I only got to see the first episode, but I really enjoyed it. I'm going to be catching up the next day or two, but they have eight episodes out. Basically a hard knocks of the three quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins, and Patrick Mahomes. And if you like hard knocks, I think you'll love it. I just like the insight, the reality show that is actually it's, yeah, real. It's a reality show. That's a, that's a, it's a reality show about football players. Rainbow Wahine ticket, uh, season tickets go on sale today. Get them now at all the usual places. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to have a good team, and they start a little over a month from now, so it's really soon before the season starts, but they have a really nice, tough schedule at home, as we've talked about, besides the Big West games, and I think it's going to be another fun league, another team, another fun season for this team in Big West play, but even before Big West play, as we've talked numerous times, teams like Oregon and USC, Pac-12 teams coming in, UCLA, they have a very tough schedule, smarter if you have a chance to get the season tickets uh let's see rainbow uh wahine and warrior basketball schedules are out well almost out do we know who's playing in the hawaiian airlines diamond head classic yes that's been announced for months and months already right now if you go to hawaiiathletics.com it just says tba maybe some new teams are coming maybe they're switching it around a little Anyway. Uh, not not at this point. They're all set. They had St. Mary's drop out a couple of months ago, but that was the only team from the original list came, coming in. But, yeah, Big West schedule comes out for men and women. And one of the things I've noticed, the first time in nine years that they end conference play at home. 
And you might say, well, it's about time. They always got to end it on the road. They wanted to end Big West Conference play on the road because you have to go to what before Anaheim, now Henderson, near Las Vegas, for the Big West tournament. If you're already in Southern California or in California anywhere playing Big West games that Thursday and Saturday, it's a lot easier travel to go to Vegas or Anaheim. Now Vegas, of course, from California. So to end it at home, yeah, it's nice, but they prefer to end it on the road. And now the Rainbow Wahine will end their Big West schedule on the road for the first time in nine years as a result all right uh yes so it's interesting on the website i did not did i I probably got an email i missed it i i get so much spam i get lost in this i get lost in spam Ooh, Mm, spam (laughs) on the uh, hawaiiathletics.com it only has conference play and hawaiian airlines diamond head classic has a bunch of tbas I'm, i'm wondering if they switched around the schedule of who we play when in the classic. Well, no, what it is, they have, they, they don't have a schedule yet. They only have oh, the opponents. Okay. So that usually comes out July or August. ESPN does that. It's not a UH oh. thing. It's not a Big West deal. But we already know who's playing the eight team. We don't know who's playing who and at what time. But I can okay. guarantee Hawaii will play at nighttime. Day okay. one. Who who are our non-conference opponents on the men's side? Well, the only one that's – there hasn't been any one officially that's been announced because we don't know the rainbow yet. We don't know the diamond head oh, okay. opponent. We know so the schedule are... isn't out. It's just the Big West schedule Big, is yeah, out. Yeah, that was the whole thing. The Big West schedule came gotcha. out. Gotcha. And we've okay. seen other schools release some of their games already, I mean, some of their dates and opponents. So a little bit trickles out, but now it's official for the whole of conference play. The other thing that stands out, though, Chris, about conference play, if you remember it last year because of the way the calendar year was presented and having 20 league games, both men and women and everybody in the league twice had to play four games in eight days. And that was a little bit of a struggle. You'd have Monday and Wednesday games. And, you know, that one one Monday game for the men was at home. I think it was President's Day. And I think Martin Luther King Day was on the road for the Monday. But now you don't have to have that kind of condensed schedule. I know the coaches, both Iran and Laura Beeman, who will join us later, did not like that. No coach wants to have four conference games in eight days. And neither of them were all going to be all at home or all on the road. So you have home and you got to travel. It's tough for anybody, let alone a team from Hawaii, with that quick turnaround. They don't have that this year. All right. Good stuff. Uh, United States men's soccer team was eliminated in the semis of the Gold Cup. Oh, we almost made it to the finals. Uh, Lost to Panama. Chuck, I did uh, pay very little attention to that yesterday. You didn't pay very very, very little attention. You didn't pay very little attention to it? I did pay very little attention to it, but I know it was a big deal. There were people wanting to watch it. Or did you pay very little attention to it? I did pay very little attention to it. That's my story, and I'm sticking with uh, it. Good morning. But I know good it's a big deal, morning. and I guess one of the things that I had forgotten about is the Women's World Cup is coming up soon, but that was a big match yesterday, and a lot of people were asking about that. Mm. All right. Gosh, there's so many things. That Rory, uh, golf's is, is the Scottish Open, is uh, the Genesis Scottish Open is getting underway. And um, when asked, Rory McIlroy said uh, he wouldn't play live golf if it was the last option on earth. (laughs) You know what I like about that? I give him credit for standing true to his beliefs. Whatever he feels about live, he's not going to be like some other golfers who said, I'll never join live and then join it. You get the feeling with Rory he really means it. And I I think that was Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka is the word you're looking for. Okay. But I give him credit for that. 
And I, I, I tend to believe him just by how strong he's been with his statements ever since this thing started, yeah. that and he's usually, not going to and doesn't want it, to have anything to do with when it. Usually you're, when you, you're worth you know $600 million or whatever it is, uh, you get to make those kinds of decisions. But um, the, uh, the, the reason that if you hadn't heard, the um, – oh, gosh, how do I say this correctly? The, 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 the Senate is – I guess it's a Senate hearing. The Senate's investigating the whole – deal between the PIF and the PGA Tour, and um, there was, I guess, a slideshow when they first got together um, talking about merging, uh, and they were going to propose that Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy captain their own teams on the Live Tour. They said, this is kind of the vision we see, and that's why it came up, and, and word got to Rory, and well... There, you know, the press is over there at the uh, the Genesis Scottish Open. They asked him about. It. He's like, he basically said, "I'd rather die than play for the Live Tour." I'd be, you know what? If there was only a Live Tour, I'm retiring. I'll play in the majors and then retire. Yeah, but yep. I, I give him credit I like for that, it. and and I admire him actually a little bit more because of this. So that's kind of cool. By the way, uh, Ricky Fowler, the big winner, was Ricky Fowler the big winner last week? Is it only a no, week? No, it was ago? a few weeks ago. It was a few weeks ago. Mm, two weeks ago, then. Okay. Who won last week? Oh, that was the John Deere Classic. I, I don't really pay attention to that. So two weeks ago, Ricky Fowler finally got his first uh, you know, PGA win in forever. Uh, he's tied in the top ten right now in the Genesis Open. Uh, you'll see a lot of names you kind of don't maybe recognize, a lot of Europeans maybe. Like, hey, look, where's look on the leaderboard and find Yannick Paul. That's a, but, you know, it is a... A great test for these guys to be playing over there before the uh, the Open Championship. So anyway, all right, gosh, lots of stuff to go over today. One, one more golf note uh, for the ESPYS last night. Scotty Scheffler won Player of the Year. Would you have agreed with that for the last year? Well, he's number June one. 1st, June first. He's number one. You can't say the number two golfers. I mean, that's something where you just got to go to the rankings. You can't say. The number two guy is the best in the of the year. No, you give it to the guy who's won the most. Did he win any majors in the, in the last calendar year? I forget. Probably. I or think fiscal year, I masters? guess it would be. Did he win the Masters? I'm not I sure. Know. I don't I, I just I, thinking about that. Boy. Off the top of my head, I know he's won a lot, and he was the number one golfer. So. One of the things also I think is kind of a big headline or potentially a big headline, the NCAA, uh, they have their summer meetings, and this talk has been brought up earlier this summer or late spring, but it's being brought up and it's all over social media about the NCAA uh, talking about NCAA basketball tournament expansion. It's oh, not yeah. imminent. I like uh, it. And again, the talk came out, you know, a couple of months ago, but now they're talking about it. The thing I get out of these quotes is that even though it might not be imminent, it almost sounds like they're leaning towards it right now. And the reason I think they're leaning towards it is maybe the same reason for college football expanding their playoffs. Money. More money, more games, and uh, why not get a bigger piece of the pie? The players are getting so much in NILs. we got to get some more. Let's expand <laughs> it. One of the points that was brought up. That I'm the last sorry. Time... Before, before you start there, I just want to congratulate you on the correct usage of the word imminent. Oh, so I, 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 you probably you're read that. You congratulate me on something. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank thank you. you. Thank you very much. Okay. Well. You well, sound like. 
I'm glad I could do that. But here's something interesting. Okay, the last time they expanded, they expanded from 65 to 68. That's not really much of an expansion. They did that to even things out for the play-in tournament, mm. and that was in 2011. Mm-hmm. But when they expanded before that, it was in 2001. And the point there, one of the points I'm seeing makes a little bit of sense is that right now, back then there was like 260, I believe, Division One schools. Now there's like 353, 354. That's a lot of additional schools, by the Division way. Division One schools that play basketball. Yeah. It's only 19% make the tournament. And some of the thought is is that that's not a high enough percentage. Now, that's the thing, one way to justify it. Mm. Again, I think it's all about money. If anybody, to me at least, if anybody thinks it's anything but money, I think you're mistaken. We know how college sports or sports works in general. If you can make more of a profit, more revenue, charge more, whatever it is, these days you're going to do it. Uh, It just got more expensive and a lot of money to be made. But the point about – what got more expensive? There's a lot of money to be the, made. The cost of doing business for college basketball teams. So if you can get more money, maybe via TV contract, because there's more NCAA tournament game, that is, again, what's behind all of this, in my opinion. Money, money, money. Uh-huh. And it's a very popular sport, as we know. And if you can make more by having more games, okay. It's not so much, but it's a good point. Again, it's not, but it's, it's not. It's all about only making money, not about having a better product. I think for, it's about a lot of things. The priority is money. And if it wasn't to do with, is it anything to do with making more money? I'm not sure if they'd even have the discussion. Because even though it make, I, I don't think it makes it a better product to me. That, and I'll get to that. I, I don't. Uh, I, I love it the way it is, and I'm glad it's at 68. I thought 64 was good. You know, I re, I'm old enough to remember and following it when it was like 54 or even 32, and it, it was a while ago, but it wasn't that long ago, and that's too few. You mean the NCAA tournament was yes. 32 teams? Yeah, back in the and the, 70s and then they or expanded, So then they expanded to 64. Did they, they went, have the same argument back then? I know there wasn't any uh, sports talk radio back then, but – was there an argument then in the in the papers they about to, it expanding? Well, they went to 53 first, and they had buys, Whatever. Whatever. and then they went to 64. So I think the gradual additions weren't met that poorly, even though I, I remember when it expanded. It was almost doubling again from 32 to 64. Well, it did double. It just seemed like maybe it was diluting the product a little bit. I was too young to get that involved back then when it did happen. But the point about 19% of the teams making it, I mean, you bring up on the show often, and rightfully so, about in some pro leagues, half the teams make the playoffs like the NBA, NHL, and baseball is getting close to that, too. See, here's the thing, Gary. The NCAA doesn't care about fans in their 60s or 70s or 80s. They don't care. They're trying to reach the younger audience. Um, Who was it yesterday? It was the Big 12. The Big 12 commissioner yesterday in their meeting said, hey, we're targeting Gen Z. That's who these guys are targeting. So you can be angry all you want, but unfortunately no one cares. But that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, okay. whether I'm angry or how I feel. I'm just saying what the, the discussions are. Now, again, 19% is less than some other sports, mainly pro sports as far as how many teams make the postseason. Although if you throw in the NIT, which they all also own in those 32 teams, it comes out to, I think, 25.8%, right around there, that make the tournament. Again, I so – what you should do is get rid of the NIT and just have a bigger NCAA tournament. Why not? Why not just simplify things a little bit? And more people, you see, there'll be, the more teams that are in the tournament, the more interest in the tournament. Now, I know, I get where you're going. More of this 
is going to tra- it, it all translates hopefully into more money for them but just make it make it a little simpler it's like the nit mommy what's the nit we're in the postseason, but we're not really in the tournament. Uh, I don't know. That part I kind of agree with, although it's been a very uh, a historic, traditional. I mean, it has a lot of history behind the NIT. Well, you, you can dismiss it, but a lot of people wouldn't who follow the sport. Again, no one in Gen Z cares. But that, 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 I don't think that, that, that doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with Except what we're Tanner, talking about. he's hardcore. Uh, but then also when you say, well, you know, have more teams, and I, I think you're diluting the product. I, I don't think teams – I think you have to. I think you should deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. When you're having right now teams that are 500 in league play getting at large bids, mm-hmm. I think that's enough. You know what that's called? Major League Baseball. That's what it's called. Not really. You might. Oh have, yeah. Have to, let's have that conversation when the Twins are in the playoffs this year. Okay, so you might have one team a year that's around 500. <laughs> it's not, you know, a lot. Love the debate. Love it. All right. Uh, coming up, we got a special guest. What are we doing next? Uh, speaking of basketball, we'll talk a little bit about the NBA Summer League, some more free agents that are out there. Keith Smith from Spot Track and the Front Office Show will join us and give us a little bit more insight coming up. All right. That's on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. We know the NBA Finals ended about a month ago, but NBA play continues with the Las Vegas Summer League, but not for much longer. It'll be over before you know it. Free agency still here, and we're going to get into it more now as we are joined on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline. He's with the Front Office Show podcast and Spot Track. Back with us, Keith Smith. Keith, great to talk to you as usual. I guess I'll start with this, though, before we get to Summer League. What have you heard? What is the latest with Damian Lillard and leaving Portland maybe getting traded to Miami? Yeah, nothing really new going on there. Everything is still in a holding pattern. The Heat want him, and that's where he wants to be, but the Heat's offer is not good enough. They they haven't uh, been able to find the right mix of assets to send to Portland, and at this point, everybody's pretty sure they don't have the right mix. They're going to have to go out and move Tyler Hero likely to get something that they can be rerouted uh, to Portland because Portland has been very clear they don't want Tyler Hero. It's it's nothing against him as a player, but they've got plenty of other young guards, and they don't want to take on that kind of long-term money. So uh, that's still in a holding pattern. Other teams are still kind of you know in the mix, I guess, is the best way to put it, and kind of watching. But for now, you know, we'll, we're all waiting to see. I kind of compared it on the show last week to, like, Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. He said he only wanted to go to the Jets, and Damian Lillard has said he only wants to play for Miami. So I don't blame Miami for making the offer a little bit on the lower side because they have a little leverage. Portland doesn't really have any other options if Lillard is sincere and the the talk coming out that he won't show up. He won't report if he's traded to another team. Doesn't that make this trade a lot more difficult for Portland? Uh, not really, because I think Portland will, will they'll say then, Jared, they, let, me, let me restart. Portland is not going to take a lesser deal just to make Damian Lillard happy. Um, that, that ship has failed. And now what they've basically said is, hey, if it can't get done, then you're a member of the Trailblazers, and we'll keep it moving that way. So now no one expects that's going to be, it's going to get that far. Miami will find a way uh, most likely to get Tyler Hero somewhere, and they'll get, uh, the picks that they need to be able to send to Portland to satisfy the Trailblazers. 
um, that that's, you know, the expectation. But as of now, you know, Portland's been resolute. You know, Joe Cronin tried to be very respectful, the Blazers GM, of saying, you know, Damian Lillard is a guy who, you know, we, we love everything he did for us and we'll always love him. But my responsibility is to the Portland Trailblazers, not to Damian Lillard. And he's been pretty clear he's not going to trade him just to trade him. I think also if you're an Eastern Conference team, and I've heard the Knicks and Nets mentioned a little bit, other teams maybe as far as, far as being the third team involved, why would you want to help Miami? Because if you take Tyler Hero, and I know draft picks will be exchanged, but you're making Miami probably a stronger team by them adding Lillard, and we know they went to the finals last year. Do you think an Eastern Conference team might be reluctant to be a third team involved? Yeah, I don't. it probably depends on the Eastern Conference team. If it's a team that's in, in – uh, contention right now sure they're not going to do what they you know can to try to help Miami out by any means but if it's a team that's a little further away you know if you're you know a couple years out from maybe being a contender you don't really care because by the time you're ready to win that Miami Heat team will will you know for the most part aged out of what they are and you're not going to be too worried about it so I think you know that's kind of a you know depends on who it is jumps in there to help out but I can tell you there are teams that like Tyler Hero but there are teams that are basically saying, yeah, but we're not so sure we want to jump into this kind of trade, and we're not going to give you a whole lot for Tyler Hero. So that's where Miami's still stuck in this holding pattern. We're talking with Keith Smith from the front office show and Spot Track here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. What is the latest with James Hart? Not a lot of news of late, but is he going to stay in Philly? Do you think they'll still be able to move him? Yeah, they're still trying, right? And it looks like they're they're you know going to see what happens. They went through a period of time where they said, "Hey, let's let all this relax, and then let's find out if you know maybe he calms down, and we can get to a point where we feel like, all right, you know, hey, let's do this and just bring him back." That that period is fast, and James Harden has made it clear uh, that he still wants to be traded. So Philadelphia is in the same boat, though. They they want a nice return for James Harden. They're trying to set themselves up long-term around Joel Embiid and around Tyrese Maxey as kind of the guys to build forward with. Their challenge is they don't want to take on any long-term salary, but they want good players back. And that's not, you know, usually a thing that you know, works kind of in tandem there. So it's going to be hard for them to necessarily find the deal that they want because they intend to be good again this coming season. But they don't, like I said, they, they don't want to take on you know, money that stretches much past this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that comes together. But that'll still, you know, likely drag out here at least another few weeks, and, and we'll see how that one comes together. What other big free agents are still unsigned, Keith? Um, the, the, there really aren't many guys that are uh, true game changers left on the board. Probably the four best players are Christian Wood and Kelly Oubre, a couple of veteran players, Christian Wood, a you know, forward center type. Uh, Kelly Oubre is a wing. Um, both of them can score. Neither one of them brings a lot of, you know, else to the table um, as far as the way they play. And then you've got a couple of pretty good restricted free agents in P.J. Washington and Io Desunmu um, that are out there. Washington, a forward from the Hornets. And then uh, Desunmu is a guard from the Bulls, started for Lonzo Ball for most of the last season. So now we're in a position, though, where – the restricted free agents are looking at, all right, well, most of the money's off the board. There's really nowhere else to go. So it's either going to be a sign-and-trade if you're changing teams or it's going to be, all right, just sign the qualifying offer and return back to, uh, to, to the team that you were with a year ago and then kind of see where it goes from there. So what's interesting is, you know, we're in a spot with these guys where they can all help teams 
but most of the money is gone. And these guys, I think, are going to have to look at it and say, all right, I may need to take a one-year minimum deal, kind of reprove myself and get back on the market a year from now because mm-hmm. I just don't know that there's going to be much more out there for them. As far as the uh, Las Vegas Summer League, I'm not sure if you were there in person, but your observations by at least watching it, whether in person or on TV. Yeah, I was there. I was there. I uh, just got home uh, last night. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, you know, it, it's uh, continuing to grow into an incredible spectacle out there in Vegas. But, you know, the fun thing with, with uh, this group was, you know, it's fun to see Victor Wembanyama kind of do his thing for the first time on the NBA level. That first game, he looked tired. He looked a little out of sorts, you know, but by the second game, it looked like he was ready to go, and he showed everything that makes him so special. He played, you know, really, really well. Brandon Miller has picked up his play as the, you know, event has gone along and figured out Scoot Henderson only made made kind of a cameo appearance, but he looked pretty good when he was out there. So, you know, your top three picks played well. A lot of the other guys, you know, fits and starts, but that's part of out of this experience in the summer league, but it was great to see these young guys get out there and get after it, you know, and the crowds were, you know, crazy. I've been going to this event for almost a decade now. And, you know, it, it, I remember when it was only half the league was there and you were lucky if the you know, building was half full. And now, you know, you, you've got people coming in and pouring into that place every single day. So it's a lot of fun. A lot of NBA players, current NBA players we see sitting courtside with all these games. I don't remember that from 10, 15 years ago as well. No, were there... definitely not. <laughs> Were there any surprise players? I mean, like you mentioned, the top three picks, we kind of expected some good things from them. Was there anybody there that maybe played better than you expected? Yeah, we've seen some of the guys who were, you know, selected a little lower in the draft, you know, do do some stuff. Uh, Nick Smith for the Hornets, you know, Brandon Miller's kind of the celebrated guy, but he had a big scoring game uh, for, for the Hornets the other night. Jordan Walsh, who was the second-round pick for the Celtics, uh, has come out and played pretty well. He, he did some some uh, good good stuff that showed, you know, he's probably a guy who will stick long-term. Uh, you know, the, I, I don't get too worked up over what the second- and third-year guys, if they're playing, do, because those guys you expect, they've been through an NBA season or two, you expect them to step up and, and look pretty good. And most of them, for the most part, did. You only start to get nervous if they don't look good in, in that situation. But, yeah, there were a lot of guys who, you know, I don't know that we were expecting to be – you know, this ready to play from later in the draft that have, you know, shown, hey, they might be able to get in there and be rotation guys. Like I said, Walsh, Nick Smith Jr., um, you know, these guys were high-level recruits for a reason and just, you know, things went a little sideways on them in their college year and they're showing what they can do. Uh, one last question for you. You're one of the few people I know who probably have seen the uh, new MSG Spear in person in Las Vegas. What was that like? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's actually, it, it, it's a little weird. It's, uh, you know, I can see why they're, a little worried about it being a distraction uh, for, for some of the drivers. But, you know, I mean, what isn't, you know, when you're on or near the strip, everything's kind of a distraction there. So it was kind of cool. They, the day I got in, they had it all lit up. It was the day before Summer League started. I got in that night. They had it all lit up to look like the basketball. And, you know, and, and it did. And then they, they relit it to uh, pump the in-season tournament. Once they announced that, you know, in-season tournament, uh, they did their whole special everywhere you went, you know, projected on the sides of hotels and billboards and everything else. You know, really a lot of in-season tournament, uh, you know, talk and stuff out there. So, yeah, it was uh, it was neat. But, yeah, the sphere's going to be something. I didn't get to see the inside of it, but I drove by it several times because it's on one of the main roadways to, to get over to UNLV where the games are. And it, 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 it's really something. Yeah, it looked cool from seeing those pictures. Hey, one last one. You mentioned the in-season tournament. I'm still – 
a little, not really confused, but I am a little confused. But I'm like, I guess I'm confused because I still wonder what's the point of having this just for players to win some money and a trophy. I don't understand it. Yeah, it, it's they're trying to replicate what what they have over in you know, Europe in both uh, soccer and basketball, where they have these kind of in season domestic cups uh, that are big. But their challenge is, you know, those those teams are they play, you know, generally like like in England, they have the FA Cup in soccer where it's every level in England. So every once in a while you get this, you know, third, fourth, fifth division team that makes a deep run and everybody kind of gets behind them. This is just restricted to NBA teams. And we'll see how it grows. You know, we know the NBA, they'll roll something out and then they'll tweak and they'll adjust. And, and I keep telling people, you know, we're all a little skeptical about the in-season tournament and if that was going to be a good thing and how that was going to work. And ultimately it's been great. So I think we're in a spot where, you know, I'm willing to give this a chance. Anything that can juice and give some meaning to those early season games, I'm all for because we know uh, all too often those are just kind of, you know, the basketball diehards that, that are watching and paying attention at that point. Yeah, I was against a play-in tournament at first. I've come to like that, so I guess that could be the same for the in-season tournament. Keith, always great talking the NBA with you. We know free agency continues. The schedule should be out pretty soon, and the Summer League does continue. Thanks for uh, talking with us and spending a few minutes this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Keith Smith from the Front Office Show podcast. You can check it out on YouTube and also Spot Track joining us on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline at Aloha Kia. You know a guy. Go to alohakia.com. Very, very interesting. And it makes a good point because I've argued that I've argued that, um, you know, that I'd I like sports where they at least try new things. And you know what? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least you gave it a shot. But Keith makes a great point is, you know what? Maybe someone will care about those early games because of the long, long schedule. So that's what they're trying to do, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, nobody cares about the NBA till we say Christmas. I think the majority, a lot of people, it's after Christmas. After the When Super people Bowl. start paying attention. Right. It's, it's, after, it's like, okay, in February, now we're going to start paying attention. I guess they're just trying to be relevant uh, in the yeah. regular season. It's 6.33 here with the sports animals. We'll check your traffic uh, weather-wise today. Mostly sunny uh, today and tomorrow. Probably going to be hot again, especially on the leeward side. Uh, and we did get a text earlier, and thank you for the heads up because I didn't hear about this. But there was an ESPY Award winner from Hawaii. We'll get into that next on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Thank you for the text earlier. I had no idea of this, and um, I didn't see the entire uh, ESPY Awards last night. And uh, but thank you to the texter. There was a uh, uh, somebody from Hawaii who won an ESPY Award yesterday. Now I don't know how the ESPYs work. If this is something where you know you have the you have the the awards, some are on television, and some are not, but. Um, the Billie Jean King Youth Leadership Award went to three young people uh, for different uh, different things that they did. And one of them is Ashley Battis. From, uh, she's a University of Hawaii student. 
and formerly of Campbell High School. And she won the Billie Jean King Youth Leadership Award. Um, she went out and um, headed up a Title IX lawsuit against Campbell High School. So you, we've talked over the last five years about all the different um, things that have gone on at Campbell for girls' athletics, where, you know, they didn't have a place to change, and they'd have to go to the Burger King across the street. Um, I didn't know that Campbell doesn't have, they have a water polo team, but they don't have a swimming pool, which is uh, kind of odd to me. So they had to practice in the ocean. Um Anyway, so they brought this uh, lawsuit, and they're going to go to, I guess, court later on this year. But it's a uh, landmark Title IX lawsuit started by this young lady who's uh, now uh, um, going to UH. And that's crazy. She uh, was a, Ashley was a water polo, uh, I'll call it a water polo, a water poloist all four years at Campbell High School. She graduated in 2019. And uh, she's, she and her teammates faced a range of discrimination and unfair conditions compared to their male counterparts. And I guess they finally just got together and said, enough is enough. I mean, they wouldn't even arrange to have the girls' water polo team practice in a swimming pool. Can you imagine that? Practicing water polo in the ocean? It's hard to imagine that. Uh, it almost sounds like that can't be true, but I'm assuming it is. And, again, as you mentioned a minute ago, Chris, with the, the common denominator, in a way, being Campbell High School, the lack of facilities or public schools, it's it's sad, it's embarrassing. And I wasn't aware of this until yeah. earlier as well, but, mm-hmm. it's, it, I mean, it's just it's hard to believe these kind of things can continue. And I don't want to get so caught up in having a lottery or legalized gambling, but the money you can generate to help public schools by something like that, to get rid of most of these problems are yeah. out there. And it mm-hmm. seems like certain politicians just don't think so for whatever reason. And that's, that's just sad, too. So I, I'm, I'm glad she took a stance. And it's just sad that it has to be a stance. But see, Title, like nine, so Title Nine is not an op- option. So whether this falls under the DOE or whoever it falls from, somebody is failing miserably. Mm. Maybe it's just Campbell High School, but if it's under your watch, then you are ultimately responsible. The uh, girls' volleyball practices, and I'm getting uh, this information from University of Hawaii News. Girls' volleyball practices at Campbell High School were often cut short to accommodate extra practices for the boys' team. The school did not provide locker room facilities for female athletes, but did provide one for male athletes. We went through that. And even after it was originally brought up in the, in the, um, in the news, nothing had been done for years. Girls had to change clothes in classrooms or a nearby fast food restaurant before they practiced. Man. The... Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But I would wonder, I'd love to hear what anybody at Campbell High School has to say about this. This has received national attention. It's an embarrassment to Hawaii. Uh, OIA. What is the OIA doing about this? Anything? 
Maybe they are, and maybe I'm unfairly uh, kind of getting on the OIA for this, but you guys are involved as well. This has been known information for a while. It's in the New York Times. It's all over the country. So we salute you, Ashley Battis, and congratulations on your SP award. I mean, being the Billie Jean King Youth Award. What an accomplishment for somebody at such a young age. And, you know, thank you to people at uh, the Legal Aid Society or the, 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 the nonprofit organization that is helping out. But, man, that's, uh, that's it's pretty crazy when it goes to the New York Times and we all sit here in Hawaii and go, eh. I mean, it's against the law. This law was passed. By, this law was passed by Congress or whoever. It's a federal law. You're accepting federal money, so you must follow federal loo- rules. Title IX is one of them. Yeah, last year, the 50th anniversary mm. of Title IX, and yet the inventor of Title IX, right in the, the neighborhood of Patsy Mint Park, is, uh, well, not really. It's kind of far away, I guess. But uh, if this was the mainland, they'd say it was close by. But it's you know it's it's right because we yeah. you know we're like yeah. ten miles forget that oh my god I'm not gonna drive there <laughs> yeah but you know I mean it's like gosh it's it's Patsy Mink you know she came up with the whole deal and right here in our backyard we're the ones breaking our own rule our, our it's sad good for you Ashley we salute you yeah you know the a good thing the New York Times wrote about it now because they're getting rid of their sports department just like cause. Uh, L.A. Times, I think, is doing a lot like that, too. They're not going to have box scores. But anyway, with Ashley, you said it's an embarrassment for Hawaii. But it's, it's an really, embarrassment. It's something you'd be proud of with her for what she has accomplished. And it, it's how do they get away with it? Now, you said a minute ago maybe they are doing something. I would think that if there was things, if they were making strides with these situations, these problems, whether it's Campbell or other public schools, we've heard a number of reports about Campbell, as you said. I think we would have heard about progress being made or accomplished or in the makings. You know, either this is going to say, well, in 2028, we'll have a locker room the same time a stadium might open. But they're not saying anything about progress. We haven't heard anything. And again, the money part, it's out there if you want to go about it. And I guess just like a lot of other things where some politicians aren't on the same level when their way of thinking on what's important, like with UH and maybe Donna Mercado Kim, as we said yesterday and the day before. But for this, you can get money to help these public schools. I mean, I mean, we've heard about the no air conditioning, I think, Campbell and some of the other schools as well, the locker room or lack of. How can that happen in today's day and time? And I can understand if COVID had an effect. But this is, we've heard, like you said, this is going on five, six years. We've heard stories about Campbell. And that was way before COVID. How does it continue? And I know somebody texted in, where's Kurt Favella with all this going on? <laughs> Good text, Thank though, you very right? Much. Uh, Kurt Favela, this is the part where you need to be a cheerleader, brah. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. They uh, they have to. I didn't realize this too. Is if you're an athlete and you have gear, you basically got to carry it around with you all day because there's nowhere to put it. So you get mm. dropped off at school, and then you just carry around your stuff. Hopefully, you have a friend you could stash it in their car or something. But uh, yeah, I don't know why we don't talk about this in Hawaii. Why don't we talk about it here? Talking talk about it all over the country. You know what? Google Ashley B-A-D-I-S. Google it. And you'll see coverage from all over the country on this. Yet in Hawaii? Ah, so great. Uh, we talk about Bombay. Traffic check now. 
Back with more ESPN Honolulu. Zephyr Insurance text line is open at 808-296-1420. I see here a headline, uh, golfers say PGA, the the golfers say uh, a bunch of golfers now with all of this thing with the live tour, and they're saying that Jay Monaghan must win back their trust. And I'm wondering why they have a problem with Allison Corpuz's caddy. I mean, what did he do (laughs) that made this, uh, that's just crazy. Come on, Rory, give him a break. Come on, Spieth. Come on, Xander. What are you getting all upset? I mean, what did he do? He's just trying his best. Imagine some of the, th- the tweets he gets threatening him and accusing him of stuff uh, with Liv. <laughs> oh, Mr. Caddy, it's not me. Put an initial in there. Separate yeah. yourself. There's a, uh, uh, it's like he's at home with his wife. Uh, honey, uh, there's a couple of Saudis outside at the door. What are you... <laughs> Uh, thank you. We got so we got a text this morning, uh, bright and early at six a just after six a.m. And uh, thank you t- uh, to the texter from the two two five because we were not aware. I saw the list of ESPY award winners, and I see Ashley Battis winning the, um, you know, winning the uh, Billy Jean King Youth Leadership Award, uh, along with a couple of other uh, people for you know different projects. But uh, thank you for that uh, texture from the 225, because I think it's important for us to talk about this. Um, and thank you guys for texting in here at 808-296-1420. I'll go back to this text later on the NCAA tournament. But uh, yeah. <laughs> who is the AD? And see, I don't think this is on the AD at Campbell High School when you're talking about breaking Title not the Title IX rules. How much power does the athletic director at a high school have over facilities? I, so I don't want to name. I don't know who the AD is, and I wouldn't want to name him because uh, I don't think that's his gig. The um, This uh, texter says, and the OIA keeps building new football fields. Do they? Keep? I mean, You're I'm talking about Farrington. Farrington talking right. Farrington and, and uh, Roosevelt. Uh, well, Roosevelt, they did that with help from the NFL like about 10 years ago. Yeah. So, But, I mean, they build more. They, they're building um, up the football fields. You have to give it to McKinley High School. You should see their softball uh, field they play on. It's beautiful. Um, football, field, the football field there is nice at McKinley now as well. Oh, okay. Is that right by the softball field? Where do they it, play football at McKinley? It's right off Capiolani. Uh, but I just remember going there when the Rock okay, had so to try must... out for the XFL last year, and it was a beautiful field now. So did you see photo. a big softball field in Not... a little press box? No. Next to the Blaisdell? Right next to the Blaisdell? Not from the football Is field the... where we were, no. It was right near the gym. You go to the basketball gym, and you walk out to the football field. Yeah, the softball field is right there. Okay. Okay. The softball field is right there by the by the Blaisdell. Here's a good question at 808-296-1420. Is Campbell the only public school with this problem with girls? That's a really good question. And you just mentioned something about per, uh, Pearl Ridge Elementary, you said, right, earlier? As far as getting promised something, a lunchroom 10, 15 years ago? I didn't say anything on the air, but what Gary's talking oh. about is that um, there's whenever schools, that doesn't have anything to do with this. A lot of times when the, when the legislature will um, grant money, 
it's years and years and years until you actually receive it or that work gets done. So um, off the air, Tanner was doing some research, and he found that there was – what was it, Tanner, again, if you're there? I believe it was around $60 million from the Department of Education just all around because uh, I do know the other two schools that I saw on the Internet were Waipahu and Kaimuki, I believe. And this was for sports um, sports facilities? Yes, sports faci- or more specifically just like a girl's locker room. Gotcha. Okay, so apparently this is a problem. This is a problem that the, the, the DOE has, needs to pay closer attention to. And it's not until, I guess, you get national publicity about this that kind of, uh, you, 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 kind of makes you act when you should have done it years and years ago. Yeah. I mean, hey, hey, girls, you're gonna have to cut practice. We need the boys to come in here. I mean, when my daughter played uh, softball at HPU, it was like you look at, and this is nothing, but look at softball players on the Division One level at the University of Hawaii, and look how they're built. And look at a Division Two softball player; it's usually a very different look, because the Division One players have facility have access to a lot of facilities, uh, the weight rooms and the nutrition and all of that. I can I can remember, and this is not nothing against the the folks at HPU today, because these people weren't there when my daughter was um, a softball player at HPU, but. They weren't allowed to use the weight room because that was for the uh, that was for the basketball team or that was for the volleyball team, softball team. You guys, no, off limits for you guys. That doesn't sound like it's legal, does it? Shouldn't be, and it doesn't sound like it is. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case at a lot of smaller schools, though, mm. where you don't have big facilities, you don't have a lot of revenue, you don't have a lot of money. Right. Maybe you do have to share a lot. No, no, this is not sharing. This is you can't use the locker room. Yeah, even yeah, not the, the, even the, the men's would be teams are using it. Yeah. So the uh, uh, so apparently this is this is something. I mean, if they're, I don't know if they're refurbishing. I don't know what Kamuki High School has, except one famous alumni, Frank B. Shaner. Hello, my friend Aki. I'm a Frank. Aki gets a shout out for Kamuki High School too on the show. 808-296-1420. The, uh, uh, thank you, James, uh, Jason, excuse me, for the text. The DOE has an Office of Facilities and Operations that's responsible for new construction and facilities maintenance. Okay, so if they have an office, I'd love to talk to somebody from there politely and find out what's going on. All right, uh, that does it for the 6 o'clock hour for us. Coming up next. There's a lot you need to know going on in sports. It's coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. say you don't like the reggae beat hey hey good morning it's gonna be mostly sunny probably hot again today especially on the leeward side sunny today and tomorrow 
Uh, it's Chris Hart and Gary Dickman with the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. Top things you need to know. Well, the I'm not sure if this is a top thing, but because we already know who we're playing in basketball in the Big West Conference, but uh, Big West schedules came out yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of fans want to plan accordingly for some of those games, whether they're home or away. Don't have times yet, and no national TV games yet, but we know every game is on ESPN Plus and, of course, on ESPN Honolulu. But I like the fact that they're not playing four games in eight days like every Big West team had to do last year. That was awful. And uh-huh. just because of the calendar year, condensing those 20 games into one less week, you still get your two buys, and you'll just play two games a week, basically Thursdays and Saturdays. That's a good thing. The other difference is that they end the regular season at home the first time in 10 years. All right. Uh, U.S. soccer eliminated in the semifinals by Panama in the Gold Cup. I had a hard time sleeping last night because of that. And I know it was a big match. I know there were people glued to the TVs watching that. And um, too bad they lost. I know there was on penalty kicks. Uh, Wahine uh, volleyball tickets. Today's the day. Season tickets for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball Goes on sale at all the usual places. Yeah, I, th- I would think they're still going to get great crowds. And I know the men, obviously, with their success, had bigger crowds. But women's volleyball is still really popular. A lot of good players still left. Amber Igedi and a really tough schedule. Yeah, the um, um, gosh, let's see here. I want, do I want to go to ESPYS? Well, you know what? We'll go. The ESPYS were last night, and we can go over kind of uh, some of the winners and maybe uh, loser, not losers, but uh, maybe people who we thought should have won. Go over there. And then uh, we were talking about Ashley Battis, a uh, University of Hawaii Manoa student who won the Billie Jean King Youth Leadership Award. And we'll get more into that coming up here uh, in a few minutes on ESPN Honolulu. Um, and keep your texts coming in. Thank you, guys. I see you guys uh, with texts about the DOE and Kamuki High School and things like that. So we'll get to that coming up in a few minutes here. This is ESPN Honolulu. And uh, Rod, uh, what was it? Um, what was the show? The guys that give two thumbs way up. Ebert and Rod. Siskel. Siskel and, and Ebert. Ebert. Thank yeah. you. It was for movies, not shows, though. Siskel and Ebert had a television show. Tanner doesn't remember it, but you can Google it. Uh, they, Whenever you hear that, um, you know, that phrase, two thumbs up, that was how they rated movies. Two thumbs up or two thumbs down or one thumb up, one thumb down. And so, anyway, uh, Gary and I give quarterback – is it quarterback or quarterbacks? The new series on Netflix. Uh, we give it two thumbs way up, don't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, again, reality TV is really popular in this country and around the world, but a lot of it is staged. What I love about shows like Hard Knocks and some of the others is that it's real. And a sports reality show, to me and sports fans, I think, doesn't get much better than that, and especially when you have a guy like Marcus Mariota featured. Even more interest for us here. But even finding out more about Patrick Mahomes and Kirk Cousins, so far what I've seen, it's great. I still got to watch seven more episodes, but I will. It's only about 50 minutes long, and it's sort of like a hard knocks for quarterbacks, and I'm really enjoying it so far. Well, it not, it's like any documentary. <laughs> not hard. Hard knocks did, is not the ones who invented that format, but it, for people who haven't seen hard knocks or don't have HBO, it's like any kind of documentary. They interview the player, and then they show them. Now, to say it's not staged, um, I don't know that the camera just happened to be there when Kirk Cousins uh, jumped into the ice bath. I mean, it might have been, hey, uh, show them how you get back. Can you jump into that ice bath? I'm sure I'm sure parts of it are staged like any other documentary. They're just, it's, it's kind of what he does, 
but they're just trying to, you know, they're Hollywoodizing a little bit of it. If they might be. I don't think it's staged at all. I think they're just capturing the, you know, the full season for these quarterbacks from right, right, right. But what I'm saying end, is, and then they're just, just showing to... what they want to show. Right, maybe, maybe not, they could be right. But I'm, I'm think there's, I think there's times in these where it's like, oh, we kind of didn't get that. Or can you? It's, it's like he jumps in the ice bath, but he doesn't show any emotion. He doesn't show any. It's like, hey, could you kind of pound the pound the side of the pool a little bit? You know, I think some of that kind of goes on. But anyway, that's the point is what we get out of this, I believe, is um, we get to see the personalities of these players. And I had no idea that I've never met Marcus Mariota in my life. I had no idea that Marcus Mariota was so outspoken. I mean, I, I mean, we hear that he's just such a nice guy when he first came in the NFL. And one of the writers didn't like him because he said you could punch him in the stomach and he would say thank you very much. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because that's what I think of Marcus Mariota, not have ever met him, met him, that he's just too nice. That's what we've heard. I don't know. Marcus Mariota playing for the Atlanta Falcons, was uh, he was a guy that was fiery. He was a guy that was a leader. He was a guy that the rest of the team – you know, rallied around. They His teammates loved Marcus. I mean, not just the guys on offense he's throwing the ball to. The um, it was So it was, it was kind of nice to, to see, for those of us who don't know Marcus Mariota, kind of see the real guy. I don't think he was Hollywooding it up, uh, you know, because there was a camera following him around. It was, it was kind of cool. I don't remember what he did. It was like, I think it was the first game of the season, uh, this is following them through the 2022 season, obviously, because he's not with the Falcons anymore. But the first game of the season, uh, they go down to the huddle. Marcus takes a knee, and he said something. I don't know if you – was that yeah. in the first episode? It was the it first was episode. Like... <laughs> it, was a, it was a really nice remark, a nice encouraging remark. Uh, well, no, it was just basically getting down and saying, nice to do business with you boys, or something like that. And it was like he said something – pleasure to be with you and then called the play yeah one thing i get from these are and you have to remember that my uh you know my uh, latest experience the, the experience i have playing organized tackle football ended in the J- in the jv level so when you hear the these guys in practice and the quarterback coach or whoever you know telling the quarterback what plays to run how do you remember any of that it's crazy. It's like X Y Z shift left, dog dog Panama, four three eight six two A. I, I, it's just incredible. The, the the other question I have is, when we were little, we we when we were little when we were in high school, it would be like okay, go to the huddle, uh, shift left three on two on two, ready break. So on two means on the second hut, right? And and so on two they don't have they go hey and they snap the ball. Next play, <laughs> how does the center know when to snap the ball? All the all the quarterback is doing is having convulsions. 
I guess in practice they accomplished that. But that's one of the things they showed about Kirk Cousins going to Minnesota with Kevin O'Connell taking over. He had a hard time with the play calling in the first week. Remember the first play of the game against no, the, the Eagles? No, the first week. The first week they did great. He oh, they beat Green Bay. Be, they beat Green Bay. It was, it was going to be really easy. It was yeah. the second game where they uh, he struggled a little bit. Yeah, and he said that first play when he missed, messed up the handoff really set the tone for total failure. He had three interceptions in that game, and he, he realized he just didn't have everything down. And he, uh, They had another part of that episode where – they were going to walk him through every single play from one end of the field to the other to try to get him more acclimated with that. With, uh, with, and I found that really interesting. The thing about Marcus, though, as you mentioned, they showed that one scene in the first episode when he shows up at the facility while it's still dark out, 4 or 5 in the morning, whatever it was. That showed me the Marcus that I've heard about where he's just very humble and polite. And it was a simple scene. It didn't really have much impact. But I like that because on the field, oh, you'd expect you expect it to be kind you of mean when, You mean when he was driving through the, uh, the security guard, through the, yeah. the gate? Oh. Yeah. Just how humble but, and polite but, but he was. But I think a lot of people showed up in the dark, not just Marcus. I, my point wasn't that he showed up in the dark. Come on. It was what he oh. said, how humble he was, how nice and polite he was. He said thank you. <laughs> He was just really. He was just saying, yeah. "Having a good day." I mean, it was just something I simple, but I, I. It reminded me of what everything I perceived of Marcus Mariota. The uh, yeah, but um, Marcus's um, wife is already pregnant. Obviously, I guess it when this was uh, uh, filmed, and um, but I don't know. Did I just? Is it just me, or do you wonder how? I want to go back to this. Do you wonder how they know when to snap the ball? <laughs> It's just, it's just, they're just making sounds. They're, they're not even speaking English. They're making sounds. You mean, oh, okay, when I go, when I say, snap the ball. But, but it's also something I think about when you watch a game and it's so loud for the team on offense and everybody seems, for the most part, you know, leave, you know, move at the, at the same time. They're in sync. Even though, how can a wide receiver hear whatever the quarterback is saying because you, the, the crowd you is don't too hear, loud? You don't hear the wide receiver. The wide receivers don't listen. What do you mean you don't hear the wide receiver? The wide receivers don't hear the quarterback. That's why the wide receivers, let me explain football to you. Wide receivers, when they go off sides, they're the most, um, that's, that's like the biggest sin. Because all you're doing as a wide receiver is watching the ball to be snapped. You don't have the luxury of the sound that we hear on television if you're a wide receiver. They're, go they're, they're going on the ball. But anyway, the, um, the, one of the things I came away with is, and I don't know, maybe it was just me, I love Kirk Cousins' wife. Kirk Cousins' wife, and this isn't going to blow anything for you. You can still watch does it. Does Mrs. Hart know about this? Kirk Cousins, this is, there is, Mrs. Hart does not exist. <laughs> wow, that's a strong statement. You're is she aware that she Mary? doesn't exist? Yes. Yeah, she has a different, she has a. She doesn't have a fake DJ name. Anyway, the, uh, the uh, Kirk Cousins' wife, she's so precious. She's, okay, so she, Kirk Cousins does, he says, look. My wife dresses me. Yeah, so people make fun of him on social media because even though he has like a fully, he's done like two fully guaranteed $75 million contracts, something like that. I mean, Kirk Cousins, I think, was the first NFL player to have a fully guaranteed contract. He was. He was. And so um, so she, they shop it. They're very simple people. And that's what you get uh, out of this. And his wife shops at Target and Sam's Club. And she has no problem with that. 
So she'll dress him. She'll give him a little. She'll dress him. That's what he said. She I know. I watched that. It still so sounds she funny. So she picks out the, well, I, I know somebody who's, whose wife dresses them because they're colorblind. So the wife will lay out the clothes to make sure oh. it matches. So, um, and, you know, so anyway, um, she, goes, she goes to Target and she bought him a shirt. Nothing wrong with Target. Although, I will say one thing about Target. You notice how they have a ladies big and tall in Target and <laughs> not a men's that. big I'm and tall? They don't have a men's big and tall? Huh? Really? Uh, yeah, there's got to be some kind, of dis- some kind of discrimination there. I'm going to start my own Title 10. <laughs> we have rights, too, you know. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so people always tease what he's wearing, and because it's just very, it's like a, a plaid shirt. He's not dre- he's not dressing up like you know some of these characters you see in professional sports, and so I don't know I just it's I I, I just you get to know kind of their personalities. I right. also found out that um, I also found out that Patrick Mahomes uses the f word a lot. Do you notice that he says the f a lot during games? Well, I think again in the heat of battle, that's not <laughs> surprising. Just like Kirk, Marcus is a little bit different no, in the heat of battle, but Kirk Cousins doesn't use the f you know what he says golly i love it wow and the I more didn't... i see this the more i love kirk cousins but I, and you know I, I go back to hard knocks last year with deforest buckner that he was one of the featured players for indianapolis and you find out a lot more about him that's what i like when they do that on these shows and i do find it similar to hard knocks a lot but it just you get more insight into the person and so far, what I've seen, they've done a great job, and I I'm, can't wait to see the rest of it, whether it was Marcus or not, but it makes it more interesting to me because it has Marcus featured on there. And I know there's going to be some Hawaii, uh, whether it's a segment or an episode, where he's going to talk about upbringing, the culture, and everything like that. I've already read that about the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a, one of the episodes you haven't seen. It's not. It, he just talks about you know being from the middle of the Pacific. You know what I like about these shows is I like to look at these guys' houses. I mean, Kirk Cousins' house with this—he has the the secret—he has the secret memory room. So, and this tells you what kind of guy Kirk Cousins is. Like, you you walk into some athletes and it has all their trophies and jerseys and game balls out there where everyone can see it. He has this one room behind. Uh, uh, I forgot what the the correct name of it is. Where you where it's like behind a bookshelf. Like in a James Bond movie, yeah. you, you you hit the shelf and it opens. It's actually a doorway a into it, to another room. Yeah, like the Batcave, right? And so you go into this little room, and it has memories, mostly football, but other things from in middle school. Uh, he was in a I don't know, it was a school choir, and they all had a T-shirt, and he had the T-shirt up in there, uh, letter from his father, you know, stuff, stuff that, that mean memories to him. But it's something where. You know, Kirk would go and sit and and reflect and things like that. He's not braggatocious, right? So you're not going to see any awards when you go into this house sure. that he built. And a lot of these guys, they just build their own houses, right? They don't buy a house. They just, no, oh, okay, get that land. This is what I want. Here's what I want my house to look like. Yes. <laughs> must be nice. Must be, yes, must yes, be yes. nice. It's 17 minutes after the hour. We'll check your traffic here. Uh, and come back and let you know. Oh, first of all, we're going to be at Growler Hawaii this Wednesday. Growler Hawaii in Kapahulu. Uh, Gary and I will be there. And Tanner's, uh, we'll see if Tanner uh, wants to come because Josh Pacheco is going to be on the road. So we'll have the Air Force down there uh, along with Chad Owens, uh, Charlie Wade making a command performance. Uh, Coach Bud wasn't able to make it last time. So 
Coach Bud's going to join us, and we'd like you to come on down and say hi to the entire crew. And, uh, you know, uh, take selfies with Chad Owens. Maybe he'll take his shirt off. Maybe he'll, you know. Oh, my gosh. He is so. Have you seen him lately? Man. Uh, a few months ago. Yeah. Has it changed? Well, no, he's changed a lot. That's the point. Unbelievable work that he's done. Anyway, we'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. I was just thinking to myself, and Tanner was just trying to remind me. Remember with the part where I was saying that uh, I don't understand how the centers know when to snap the ball? And I, I, I just, for some reason, it came to my mind. So you're really going on the the inflection, right? The cadence. You're going on the inflection of, oh, yeah, yeah. As soon as you go, yeah, 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 the center knows that's when to snap the ball. But doesn't the other, doesn't the, don't the defensive linemen kind of figure that out pretty quick? And they'll get it from film and game tape as well, unless you mix it up for the next game. But, yeah, I don't know if that's ever, like, a big advantage or disadvantage nowadays, not in the NFL. What? Uh, knowing when they're going to snap or not knowing when they're going to snap. Because they're going to figure it's out. A huge, what... It's a huge advantage if the defensive line knows when you're going to snap the ball. Well, I'm saying but you can you can figure out what word it is after a while. Again, if you, if you don't get it on tape, the... you'll get it at the beginning it's... of the game, unless they mix it it's... up a lot. It's not a word. It's a big well, it's a sound. And really it is. It's okay when I start when I start looking like I'm having a fit, then snap the ball. Or snap the ball on my second fit. Mm. <laughs> and anyway, it's it, you know one thing you're going to learn from this and I'll get off of this. I hate it's great sports talk radio isn't reviewing television shows. But I'm really like I said, we give it two thumbs up. It's a uh, very interesting um, one thing you come away with is Kirk Cousins is a tough guy. He doesn't have the big, you know, he's not a, this huge, big um, Josh Allen type of guy, right? And this guy gets hit after hit after hit. The poor Viking, I mean, he gets hit on every play. A lot of them get hit a lot. But, I mean, this it seems like the Vikings line gives up a hit. And it, it, he just got the ball. And he's throwing it, he's throwing it, getting rid of it as fast as he can, and he still gets a, a, a shoulder pad to the rib. He walks to the sidelines. This is like the third game of the year, and he's going, oh, oh. It's like the whole time you're like, oh, my gosh. And one of the players like, Kirk, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. And you know he's not. <laughs> but, yeah. of course, the quarterback's tough enough to say that and act like that. Yeah. All right. It's not going to ruin it for you. There's so much that uh, we're not going to, you know, I don't want to get too far into it and let people enjoy the show, but uh, – Definitely get a chance, uh, check it out. And if you don't have Netflix, uh, call Gary. He'll give you his password. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would, would call me, and I'll give you Chris's password. I'll give it over the air right now. Go ahead. <laughs> um, L-O-V-E-R-B-O-Y, Loverboy. That's my password, Loverboy? You changed it? You changed it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's National French Fry Day today. I saw that. Now I hear. Now I'm not. I haven't uh, confirmed this, but at McDonald's, Wendy's, and do we have Del Taco? We don't have Del Taco no. here, do we? No. I always thought Del Taco was weird. I was on the mainland, and I pulled through the drive-through at Del Taco, and I ordered a taco. Though you like fries with that? I'm like, that doesn't match. Wow, French fries really don't good. match tacos, do they? No, no. That's you shouldn't yeah, even go to the Del Taco. You shouldn't Del be allowed Taco to do fries. that. 
Should be the a Del law. Tacos has fries. Anyway, I hear and I'm, I that they have some uh, they, they have a deal where they're giving away free French fries on their apps. I heard McDonald's is that's the only thing I've heard as far as free fries, and I didn't take advantage of the Slurpee. This is probably the first year that I didn't get a coupon or a Slurpee on Seven oh. Eleven, and a couple you people. Got, you got me. me in trouble. You got me in trouble. Well, that's good. Because Tell me how. Be- I told Auntie Mary, I said that, oh, Gary's so stupid. He drives around to different 7-Elevens to look for the cherry <laughs> Slurpee. And, uh, you know, he does all that to save a dollar thirty-nine. And she yelled at me and said, stop yelling at you. Stop thanks, thanks, man. You. It's funny because you were saying that on the air on Tuesday about how I do that. I thought you said that. No, but, but I, I, didn't, I, I, no, I didn't say I, I drive around to different stuff. I've done it once <laughs> where I went to two 7-Elevens to do that. But somebody um, somebody asked me, did you get your free Slurpee? And I said, no. And they said, how come? And I sounded like you. Yeah, I have to so save a dollar thirty-nine. I didn't have to go there to save a dollar thirty-nine. When, in fact, I just forgot or didn't have the – I wasn't really thinking about it at night. I wasn't right, near right, a 7-Eleven right. to go there. but I, You know, I, I was I was downtown, and I saw all these. There were, I'm just, look, it's not that you're saving $1.39. I get it. It's, hey, you're getting something for free. Yeah. So yes. I saw people come down from the office buildings in droves heading over to the 7-Eleven on Bishop Street. Right, that happened it last is, year, too. Right, right. It was, and it's, it, it is. It's just fun. Hey, you know what? They got something free. Let's go get it. And it's, you know, most of the time it's people who don't, you know what, I don't, they'll never have a Slurpee again for the rest of the year. But, hey, they're giving out a free one. Anyway. The last time uh, I had a Slurpee was last year. I can't, I haven't had a, gosh, maybe five years ago once or something, but, and I can't have it now. I can't do all this sugar stuff anymore. Mm. I'm trying to cut out the sugars. But, uh, anyway, folks, the Zephyr Insurance text line open at 808 296 1420. We'd love to have to participate. Uh, oh, here's a reaction from Quarterback, the series on Netflix. Mahomes is a child. Cousins is a man. Hmm. You're a full-grown man. I Earlier thought it was, today, yeah. Go ahead. I'm I sorry. just thought it was funny where Mahomes, and I'm not giving too much away, but he, he doesn't like to get photographed. <laughs> and he, and uh, you can imagine Patrick Mahomes is probably photographed wherever he goes, but this was even by family. And he's right. his wife. It's, yeah, it's not doesn't like to, he takes bad photographs. Remember the episode of Friends with Chandler trying to exactly smile? Exactly what I was thinking. That's that's Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't, and his wife even says that he doesn't take, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. But uh, you, you'll enjoy it. as well. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll enjoy it. We'll stop talking about it. Uh, here's a text. Thank you from the 304. Um, didn't Marcus Mariota and his Motivate Foundation donate fifty thousand dollars to the campbell high school girls athletic programs it's sad that the state can't comply with federal mandates that's the word i was looking for earlier thank you mandates use the two billion dollar surplus we keep hearing about well marcus did do that we was in the news again within the last four weeks or so he was here and I oh, really? Public. Yeah, I know Rob. Oh, Dinello you mean so he it. just did it? He just did it recently. It was like a month, maybe four or five weeks ago. Some, you know, in May or June, it was oh. definitely him doing that. That was, And we thought it was a cool deal because that, I don't know what connection he had with Campbell, you know, being from St. Louis and everything. So I think it is even more of a cool gesture on his part and his foundation. And I think the texture brings right. up a great point. But the state can't do things. But you got a guy with really no connection, but he's giving back. Well, his connection is Hawaii. Well, and that's but what, not with Campbell. And, I mean, not with Campbell. And, but Marcus gives to a lot of different places not related to St. Louis. 
you were saying. They're not in St. Louis. Um, but, yeah, I think Marcus has helped people in and out of sports since he's been a pro. Um, here's a text. It says uh, Randall Tanaka is the assistant superintendent of the state DOE office for facilities and responsible to prioritize and itemize the DOE's capital improvements program. Oh, that's the CIP, uh, their annual budget request to the state legislature. Okay, so um, there's a person who's the assistant superintendent of the DOE who's supposed to request money from the legislature. But, see, I'm not going to put it on him. He probably did request it. They probably request it all the time. Well, we, we don't know, though. But you would think that's, that's his role. He would probably have done that. Then right. But this came- is national news. This is national news. It's been going on for five years when it really first came to light. I'm sure the, I'm sure the people at the DOE aren't that lazy. I'm sure he realize, whoever it is realizes it's a problem. No? Okay, okay, I agree with you. And how can you not? If they realize it's a problem, then the next question would be, how come nothing or not enough has been done? And if people are saying, well, they're starting to do something, hasn't been done in a timely manner, because one point you kind of brought up earlier, is that is that like they had locker room, let's say, in Campbell, and then all of a sudden something happened? They've never had them. Right. It wasn't where you had something and lost it in a fire or whatever it could be. They've never had these facilities, and only in recent years has it really come to light. So how could this drag on that long? As you said, they're not lazy. They've had somebody. People had to know. How could you avoid this and not do anything all these years? Mm. And that's kind of mind-boggling when you think about it. It's, you know, it's, it's like a necessity. It's not like it's like an, it's not really a facility upgrade. It's a bare necessity to have hey a bathroom, a locker room. Maybe air conditioning in some of these rooms. Well, they have air conditioning now. But not at every school, right? What? I, I didn't think every school had air conditioning. Oh, I don't know. There's some schools that don't need air conditioning. Oh, okay. okay. You know, I went when I went to school, the, there was a number of buildings that didn't have air conditioning. But then again, back in 1946, it was a real luxury. <laughs> it's almost like color TV, right? <laughs> <laughs> But the, uh, yeah, I mean, but if you're in Campbell, I mean, you're in Eva. I mean, you need air conditioning. Yeah, right, right. And, but again, I, I don't, there's, there, look, I'll agree with Donna Mercado Kim. Now, don't take that out of context and put that on a promo somewhere else. Listen for the rest of what I'm about to say. I agree with Donna Mercado Kim. Everybody's got asking for money. There's not enough money to give everybody all that they want. But, it's pretty important to stay in compliance with Title IX. That would make this more of a priority than some other things. Girls, high school girls, should not have to walk around with their gym equipment all day because there's nowhere to stash it. And if you're just listening, you're like, uh, okay, I turned on the radio and uh, 2021 popped on. We bring this up because, uh, just to kind of reset here, uh, Ashley Battis won an ESPY award yesterday, and I'd never heard uh, about who she was, but the rest of the country knows who she was. She won an ESPY award. It's called the Billie Jean King Youth Leadership Award. And uh, it was because as a high school student, 
she started to uh, this, uh, I guess, work on this lawsuit, which is going to go to court later this year, about Campbell High School and the, the Title IX and the equal rights girls deserve uh, that they're not getting at that school. It's federally funded, yet they're taking they're taking um, federal monies. So, uh, I got a text here that says, Chris, Campbell is in Eva Beach. Did I just not say that? You did. Maybe I was I was I was leading taking too long to leading up to it. Thank you guys for uh, texting in on the Zephyr Insurance text line. Brian, thanks for texting. Here's one that says the DOE got sued for not enforcing Title IX. No women facility to change. So the DOE did get sued already. Wow. I didn't know about that, but I. Well, I know I, they're doing they're, they're they're doing it now. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is this is crazy. We haven't covered it like we should. Here in Hawaii, we should all know Ashley's name and what she's all about. They, they wrote about it in a newspaper in Kona. It's in the New York Times and all over the country about what a hero this young lady is. We celebrate uh, Allison Corpus just a couple of days ago for her accomplishments. I mean, this is something really important. Right, right. Yeah. We should be celebrating Ashley the same way. Somebody had texted about Kaimaki. I'm not sure if you saw the text from uh, Daryl, but he says, I'm a Kaimaki High School alum. Kaimaki has locker rooms for boys and girls. They both need a facelift, though, he says. Uh, thank you, Daryl. 808-296-1420. The Mariota Foundation, somebody writes, donates to the Laulima Giving Program every year. Thank you very much. Oh, we're really late. Uh, we got to get a traffic update here. Thank you guys for texting in. We'll be back with more with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Here's a story for Tanner Hayworth. He loves the Red Sox. Did you see this, Tanner? Pickleball is coming to Fenway Park. How about that? How was that a Red Sox story? Wait, where's Fenway Park? In Boston, I guess, because it's the same stadium, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> well, pickleball's coming to Fenway. They're going to play pickleball at Fenway Park. I saw this dealio, uh, I think, I don't know if it's here in Hawaii or on the mainland. And um, the because pickleball is so popular with senior citizens, they get injured very quickly playing pickleball. Because they're all nuts about it. And, yeah, this is a national story. And so um, just the amount of money and injuries uh, because of pickleball is in the hundreds of millions of dollars. It's crazy. It's, I mean, it's, it's I, like I pickleball is a good thing, so but often. they get injured all the time. But anyway, so we were talking about um, the, the, the whole thing with Ashley uh, Battis from Campbell High School. Now she's a student at the University of Hawaii. I didn't realize this. Is that, um, and I don't know, I'm Legal Aid at Work is an article that was texted to us. And when her and some of her teammates wanted to, they went directly, because they were wanting accountability. So they go directly to administrators at Campbell High School because they don't have a locker room and that kind of stuff. Right. And so... Um, they retaliated against the girls. 
the, the school threatened to cancel your season. Really? Wow. They were there. Hey, we don't have, we, we don't like, we don't think it's right that we have to practice in the ocean. You should arrange to find us a pool. Oh, really? Okay, we'll cancel the season then. Wow. Now, I, this is all going to court. So, should I say uh, allegedly? But this is this is the word that's out there that makes people look really bad. And this is a this is this is an opportunity for some of our politicians. Kurt Favela, are you listening? Get out in front of it. At least complain about it. At least keep this in the forefront. Because nobody in Hawaii is. <laughs> in New York, they're talking about it. In Los Angeles, they're talking about it. This is a huge Title IX mishap. We don't talk about it much here. Yeah, That's really surprising eh, and unexplainable. Bye. What's that? That's it, it's really surprising and also unexplainable. I mean, how do you, how how? And again, we haven't we talked about it at times when it's brought to our attention, but it hasn't been as big of a story. That should be one of the biggest stories. It almost should be as big as rail. Or the stadium, because it affects so many people. Maybe not as many, of course, but still, in a way where that there's no way that should be an existing problem for so long. I, I mean, there might be reasons why for a year or two you can't accomplish certain things, but for all these years, and unless again, unless we're really missing a lot of this, how and, is this possible? And we probably are, but yeah, I mean, we can keep asking ourselves over and over again on the air, how is this possible? Hey, you know what? It happens. The point is. Uh, the point is to get it fixed. Tanner is, uh, let's see, Tanner is texting us furiously. Go ahead and jump on the mic there, Tanner. I'll just say, because I do live out in Eva Beach, we uh-huh. do, we, I think it was like a month ago where Kurt Favela did like kind of send like a postcard kind of thing to like everyone, I believe, in the district, uh-huh. talking about all of the projects that are happening or that are in process. And one of the many projects was, you know, was the uh, women's locker room facility, especially, and I was talking about, like, the money donated for said facilities at Campbell. So, to be fair to Kurt, he is mentioning it and trying to keep it, at least within the community of Eva Beach, at at least. But I well, understand what the argument is from what your yeah, side is. Yeah. Well, Tanner, I'm just going to say one thing to you here. He don't need no cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I get that, uh, uh, you know, and we, we get it from our local politicians. When other people do stuff, the politicians will send out a postcard that says that they're responsible for it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's so bad. I'm not lumping them all together. Anyway, uh, good luck with that. All right. Uh, SB Awards uh, last night. It was uh, pretty cool. So who won the big award? Who were the big winners? Well, I think LeBron James won the big award for, I, I'm, I'm trying to get the exact title of it, for the biggest, greatest athlete or greatest athletic accomplishment being the NBA all-time scoring leader. He got uh, his wife on stage, his daughter, and, of course, Bryce and Bronny were on there as well. And it was a really nice speech. It, it really was. I, I, I really enjoyed what LeBron James had to say about how he's never cheated the game of basketball, and he mentioned that several times. And, again, you can be a critic of LeBron. You can say somebody else is the GOAT. But nobody in their right mind can say that he's cheated the game of basketball. You can say, oh, he flops. I don't know if a lot of that is intentional. He's not known as one of the bigger floppers. He's it's done not it. one of the first things that come no, up when you no, talk about he, LeBron James. So Again, you have to appreciate uh, a lot what he's people, done for the he's sport. He's outspoken. How many championships? Not one, not two, not yeah. three, not four. You know, But what basketball player doesn't do that kind of stuff? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, and he put on that pedestal and under the microscope. So, again, I thought his speech was really good and sincere, how he's not going to retire and reiterating mm-hmm. that to mm-hmm. the public, uh, that, you know, you're all lucky today is not the day I'm retiring. He had more to say, but if you get a chance to see that speech, I'm sure it's online. It was it a was short few minutes long, but it was really good. Love how he thanks his wife, uh, calling her the goat, and his mother, who wasn't there, called her the goat, actually. That's but his cool. wife for being the real, you know... Per, the person who supported him and took care of the family. It was just really nice what he did. That was one of the awards I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the uh, Damar Hamlin. And yeah, it wasn't that one so was much, emotional. It wasn't so much Damar Hamlin going up and thanking. It was. It was. It people were emotional, and Damar Hamlin gave the. Uh, oh gosh, I don't know uh, what uh, the Pat it? Tillman Award. Oh, the Pat. Thank you, Gary. But the Pat Tillman Award. And he introduced the the training staff and doctors for the Buffalo Bills. And what the head trainer had to say, I don't even remember any of it, but as I was watching, I was actually kind of tearing up. And the emotion that Lamar Hamlin was having um, while they were speaking when they first came up, and you could see guys like Chris Berman in the audience. Yeah, who were, yeah. Who were, everybody was emotional. And they Travis stood Kelsey up, as well. They stood up. For the, um, you know, the, the with a standing ovation, I think obviously for DeMar Hamlin, but also this Buffalo Bills staff. I was also blown away with how big the medical staff is. My God, there must have been 12 people out there. It was well, crazy. in the video that they showed before, he said we have 50-something players on the team and about 30 to 40 staff members that are with us. So it's like 100 people around this team right. all the time. So you imagine that's a lot of staffing they have and a lot of it on the medical side, sure. But it was a lot that came on stage as well, as you said. That was a great moment. And, and it was great. You know, I th- at first, when I heard his name associated with the award, I thought he was going to win it. But to have this training staff win it was perfect. And they deserve that acknowledgement for sure last night. Yeah, it was uh, it was very, very cool. Let's see. Shohei Otani, obviously. Uh, wins. See, this is for 2022 or like June to June to July. Uh, sorry, July to June. 2022 so it's almost like a school year deal the way they're doing yeah, this from july which 1st makes to july sense 1st, which yeah. makes sense because that's your, your your college athletic season right and it but shohei otani would it be shohei or aaron judge who you know, was I, the best player i mean he Aaron Judge was the MVP last season. And that's where I think there's a difference in how you label these awards, and it was perfect because Aaron Judge was the most valuable player leading his team to the playoffs, where Shohei Otani is the best player. I don't think there should be any debate on that as well, but I don't think he should have been the MVP because they led his team to third or fourth place. But I think it was perfect that he won the best baseball player. How could it have been anybody else with what he's done, yeah. not See, only the last year but the I, last couple of years? I just I just don't like that he led his team to first place. I don't know. In baseball, you got nine guys playing on defense. I mean, you, you got, you're playing with nine guys. And he's one of them on defense. Yeah, but one he of 63 them, home one runs. One of them. Then why can't Mike Trout lead his team? Oh. Why can't Mike Trout lead his team to a championship? He's really good. Partly, and he should. There's more, there's more question than answer to that. What he doesn't have everybody is, around him what that I'm is getting as good at, as the Yankees. It, what I'm getting at is there's a lot more better players surrounding uh, Aaron Judge in New York than there are in Los Angeles for the Angels. And that's why I don't think by, hey, you know what, your team's really good, so you get the award. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, I don't, again, I don't think the Yankees have a ton, of, ton more talent than the Angels around him. They have some, but big names, oh, think, but not all of them produce. It's like the Angels. 
Okay. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about sports, baby. Let's talk about it. You and Gary. Kyler Murray uh, came out and uh, has uh, something to say. What's that? I, I didn't hear what he came out and said. You were laughing at something. I Maybe I misspoke. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray um, came out and said that, because uh, last year, right? Wasn't it like two years ago they were in the playoffs? Yeah. And then yeah. last Up year. The there were like four wins and 13 losses. I guess they were on their way to that record. He tore his ACL, uh, and then he got, and it was, uh, you know, in true Kyler Murray fashion, uh, it's everybody else's fault but his. But he said, um, Murray said, this is what he said about last year's team. The energy, the aura, the vibes going into the season were all negative. Heading into last season, uh, they were all negative heading into last season. And that kept things that kept things snowballing from there, that led to a lot of frustration, and now he says, now we have no option for it to be a negative, as they head into the 2023 campaign. I don't remember where I got that from. Probably a pro football talk, but isn't part of the reason everything was so negative last year because of Kyler Murray? Often you don't see quarterbacks swearing and using the F word directed in their coach's face as you're coming off the field. Maybe Kyler Murray is one of the ones to blame for the whole negative outlook of the Arizona Cardinals. That, and the owner charges you money if you eat on the team. I think he was definitely part of the blame, but I think cursing out the coach I don't think was a big deal at all. I mean, it wasn't a big story then. Uh, I think that probably happens more often than we see. But he was a big part of the problem. But it also started off bad for them because DeAndre Hopkins, what, he missed the first six games. Kyler Murray got hurt not too soon after that. And it just didn't work out where they never took that next step, where they were in the playoffs, like you said, the year before, losing to the eventual Super Bowl champs, the Rams. And now we we had a guest on the other day, and I have him on my list, of the worst roster in the N- in the NFL. As of right now, can you think of a team that is worse? And it's hard to say that in a way because Kyler Murray's not the worst quarterback in the NFL. But right now, that's a disaster. Now you have a first-year head coach. You have a quarterback coming off of this. You have no DeAndre Hopkins. You have no J.J. Watt. You don't have Chandler Jones anymore. He's with the Raiders. I mean, it's just like a disaster there. And well, I know they half got the, the time offensive... you didn't, Half the time you didn't have J.J. Watt anyway. True. Okay, true. But it, as far as their roster right now, I think they are the worst. And some people think they're tanking already for Caleb Williams. What does that say about a guy like Kyler Murray that he'd be out of a job that quickly? Two years after a playoff run, potentially, could be out of a starting job. He's, a, he's Jeff George. He's a jerk. He's got all the talent in the world. All the arm strength in the world. He's kind of a jerk. I mean, what does that say? He's a young quarterback who can, who should be able to lead you to success, yet the rumor is they're tanking to pick up another quarterback? Wow, that's that's the problem. No, and no free agents. You know, nobody wants to go play there. I don't know why J.J. Watt ended up there, but actually there was a story out that J.J. Watt was trying to get himself into Pittsburgh. I heard ended that. Up at, that, and he ended up at uh, Arizona. He didn't want to take away money from his brother by getting such a big contract, is what he said. 
Oh, is that what he said? Is that yeah, the reason why? really interesting. I mean, that's a nice way to say it. But yeah. it's also a little bit like, oh, I know I'm going to get 20-something million, so I don't want to take a few million from They could have taken it away from somebody else. I don't know that they give him that, though, because T.J. Watt, uh, you know, the last couple of years has been, I mean, he's an MVP, defensive yeah. MVP. Right. I mean, right. you're a lot better than J.J. at this point. All right. We'll be back with top stories coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Just after 8 o'clock here on ESPN Honolulu, top headlines. Well, another ESPYs is in the books, and, well, congratulations to uh, University of Hawaii Manoa student Ashley Battis, uh, who has uh, won the Billy Jean King Youth Leadership Award. And you know what? That part was on the ESPYs last night, because I saw a picture online of two of the other winners, and I remember the, the young man being announced to the crowd, and there were two people standing near him. I just didn't realize it was Ashley. Uh, but they were on the regular broadcast. Some awards are given out pre-broadcast. They do that for the Emmys, the Grammys, and some Oscars. Oh. But she was on the broadcast last night. I did see that part briefly. Oh, so it wasn't pre. It was actually in the regular broadcast. Yeah, and I, again, I saw it last night when the young man, I forget his name, but I remember hearing his name and saying that's an unusual name, and he was up for that with two people beside him. Yeah, and so the and yeah, there's three people that won the award for different instances. It yeah, wasn't a yeah. bunch of people from what Ashley won her own, own award. Uh, and that was for, of course, what we've been talking about all morning is uh, she's uh, bringing up a lawsuit against uh, Campbell High School uh, for, you know, not following the Title IX mandate. That'll go to court later on this week. So congratulations to Ashley. And, well, her parents, you raised a good kid. Uh, let's see, what else is uh, going on? Quarterback uh, debuted on Netflix, a show about uh, three quarterbacks in the NFL, following them around in the 2022 season, and that was uh, Patrick Mahomes, also Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. And we think it's uh, really good, not to give away any more of the show, but it's uh, pretty entertaining. What I liked about it when I heard the description of this a month or two ago is that they chose these three quarterbacks because they have such different, not so much their background, but also that the stage of their careers that they're at. And that's why they chose these three. They don't know what was going to happen last year. They didn't know there was going to be controversy or you know lack of success with markets. They didn't know how it was going to go for anybody as far as Mahomes winning a Super Bowl again. But I think that was interesting in how they chose these three quarterbacks. Maybe this will be an ongoing thing. Maybe every year they can pick three more because so far with what we've seen, I really like it. And it's all out on Netflix, all eight episodes. Okay. Uh, Rainbow Wahine Volleyball season tickets go on sale today. You can get them at regular places. And let's see, speaking of uh, UH Sports, the Big West men's and women's basketball schedules have come out. In fact, Laura Beeman's going to join us in half an hour. Yeah, for both the men and women, they start in December, and that's been kind of the norm for most conferences. A lot of conferences start in early December. I think there's a few in November, but they start on December 30th. I believe last year was like the 29th of New Year's Eve. I know they had a conference game, but because you have more conference games now, 20 with San Diego there in Bakersfield, you uh, started a little earlier. It used to always be after New Year's, but now they're starting a little earlier, and uh, men will be home on the 30th, and they will end the regular season at home as well, first time in nine years. All right. By the way, the uh, ball boy, remember the ball boy that got hit with a baseball in the head? Uh, we got good news. He is recovering, so he's doing better. 
for the home run the, derby. Uh, you the mean? home run derby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Wow. Right to the ball, right to his face. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, pretty bad. Here's another headline people are going to want to know about. Uh, at a Burger King in Thailand, they're introducing an all cheese burger, not a cheeseburger. Basically, it's uh, cheese in between buns. Isn't that called grilled cheese? <laughs> it's, it's, there's no meat. There's Get this. Oh, man, this is going to stop your heart. There's 20 slices of American cheese <laughs> in between the sesame seed bun. Food critics 20? call it. 20? Yeah, they call it revolting. It's a shock to the gi- digestive system. Uh, they say it's a publicity stunt, but it seems to be working. I'll take a couple of pieces of bread and 20 slices of cheese, please. Wow. I, I did see it, that <laughs> McDonald's, at least in the United States, they're going to be getting rid of most of their desserts. The pot, I mean, oh, uh, the, the blueberry muffins, the critters, and a couple of other things. They're just going to stop. Well, they're getting of rid of their pastries. Pastries, okay, yeah. So. Yeah, they'll still have your, uh, I guess, your Sundays. I guess they're not selling or something. But anyway, yeah, get your muffin while you can. It is National French Fry Day, and we understand. I haven't confirmed. Maybe you did. McDonald's is giving away free fries on the app. Yeah, I did see that McDonald's was giving out fries. Not sure about the other places, but hopefully they'll all follow suit. And I'm not sure if there's any <laughs> restrictions or if there's any other things you have to purchase, but it is National French Fry Day, and why not celebrate? Okay, so let's move on to the NFL. The NFL season is coming up in, uh, oh, gosh, when is the NFL season coming up? In three weeks is the uh, Hall of Fame game. Yeah. And, by the way, the uh, this is breaking news this morning. The New York Jets uh, have come out with a uh, signed a deal with Quinnen Williams, the star defensive uh, lineman. So that's a good deal. And Tanner was telling me off the air that uh, this is the first time a New York Jets draft pick has been uh, offered a second contract since, like, 2011. It shows you what a great job the Jets have done in the draft, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I hopefully it'll be continuing with Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. But Quinnen Williams, not only did he get the big buck, $66 million guaranteed. I know he is finally happy because he was um, he was one of those guys that almost like Saquon Barkley, he was not happy with the offers, and maybe there was a threat of a holdout at some point. So I'm glad he signed, sealed, and delivered. Right. I mean, the, the, your your rush ends are the second most important position that you have. And so now with you're the New York Jets, you have Aaron Rodgers. If he can be Aaron Rodgers from a couple of years ago, you have, you know, be like the MVP Aaron Rodgers. And you have, so the, you have, you know, two of the best at the most important positions you have as the Jets. Now, this is the time of the season where you see a lot of lists out and people saying you know there's a big thing on the radio and i think it was the day before yesterday here on our station where they the midday show was talking about uh not kanoa then um whatever whoever's filling in for canty and carlin this week they're talking about okay what's the you know who are the best players non-quarterbacks in the nfl and names like aaron donald come up but you know he was injured last year so we you know it's probably the only reason he didn't win the defensive mvp but other people have Chris Jones, as uh, when you're just talking about um, Ed, uh, you know, the edge rushers. Chris Jones comes up. Quinnen Williams is a guy that uh, comes up. As some people have him as the, you know, first, second, or third best defensive lineman in the league. 
He's gotten better finally. He didn't start off that well early in his career. His brother is on the team on defense as well. But uh, mm. I'm glad that they they sold him up, so to speak, and keep him there for at least four years because you you have to have him. You could you don't want him unhappy. You couldn't go without him. So just a matter of meeting halfway, whatever they did as far as getting that contract signed. But he is obviously very important for them. And they had a great defense last year, where the year before they had I think yeah. the worst defense in the NFL, or one of the worst. Right. The um the so. The reason I bring this up is there's a bunch of running backs who are still free agents. Yeah. Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, and Saquon Barkley. Dalvin Cook. Now, but the, Saquon, Barkley's not a free agent. Da, oh, what is he? Oh, he's on, well, they they franchise tag yeah, him, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, they offered him $13 million a year, and he turned it down. So... On the salary cap, he's going to make $10 million. They said, we'll give you 13, 13 a year. At least for the first two years, it's worth $13 million. He wants $16 million. And I don't know that can you afford $16 million for a running back today in today's NFL? I don't know for sure, but I would think part of what he, part of the reasoning behind him asking and thinking he deserves it is Daniel Jones getting a little over $40 million, whatever it was. I mean, I, I'm, I know it's kind of apples and oranges in a way, but Daniel Jones did not deserve as much money as he got. If you're going to pay him that much, and I know mm-hmm. he's the most important most important position. Saquon Barkley, is, you know, when he's healthy, and he was healthy last year, did a really, really good job. And I'm not saying he deserves more than Daniel Jones, but he, maybe he thinks he should get overpaid like Daniel Jones did. $16 million is an awful lot, though, for a guy. I mean, it's just too much for him. It, it is too much for him, but he, he's threatening to sit out week one. If they don't get a contract signed, I think by the 17th of July, which four days from now, there's talk that he might sit out week one. Why he would already say that now, that would come out now, I'm not sure, but that's what he's threatening, at least, according to reports. Yeah. I, I, I You know what? Quinnen Williams is a defensive tackle, so thank you for the correction. I think of See, I think of DeForest Buckner as a defensive end, too. Just bit, but you know, DeForest Buckner is a defensive tackle, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, Saquon Barkley rushed for a hundred, uh, excuse me, thirteen hundred yards, and I'm trying to see. I don't have uh, how much he got uh, receiving wise, but there's a lot of guys that you can go out and get thirteen hundred yards from. A and lot that's, of guys. Um. Say, what's the difference between 11 and 13, really, over 17 games? I mean, you could get an, a, a Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Travis Etienne. Those guys are not going to command $16 million. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I didn't realize this. Josh Jacobs, 1,600 yards rushing. That's just rushing. Wow. That's 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 pretty special. If we had a good year, I wouldn't have guessed that either. Right. I mean, he got, you know, 340 attempts. But still, that's <laughs> a lot of money. Yes. But um, anyway, anyway, I, it's, it's just, in, and it's wrong. Because if you have somebody like Derrick Henry or, you know, Josh Jacobs, if you had more surrounding him, but if you had Derrick Henry or a guy like Nick Chubb last year, I'll even throw in Saquon Barkley in, in this case maybe. But, I mean, that totally changes your dynamic of your team. In the point, and I think everyone knows that. Right. But it's just the fact that is what I said. Saquon Barkley got you thirteen hundred yards on the ground. Well, 
Miles Sanders doesn't want $16 million, and he did virtually the same thing. And that's what's kind of sad about the running back position nowadays, where back in the day, it was all the biggest stars in the league were the running backs. All right. I'm getting the sense also you can talk about running backs that are still available. Dalvin Cook. I'm I, Just from yeah. reading between the lines, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets do sign him, and here's the reasons why I think so. Well, Robert Sala has said more than once, we're going to kick the tires on that. I think that's an exact quote he said. Uh, I'm not sure how he feels necessarily. It might be more the GM or ownership. Dalvin Cook has said he'd love to play for Miami or the Jets. Miami was the front runner when he got released by Minnesota. You would think, I would think at least, that if he was going to sign with Miami, they would have gotten him right away instead of getting into a little, maybe a bidding war, or have to see if the Jets, a team in their division, would get him. Also, the Jets, I think, makes sense because Brees Hall, who had a really good rookie year but got cut short, they're not sure if he's going to be 100% either at all or at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And even though Michael Carter is not a bad running back, if you can get a guy like Dalvin Cook and his 1,143 yards that he had last year, I believe it was, uh, if you can afford him, I think it might be a smart move because there's no guarantees of how good Brees Hall is going to be either right away or during the season. So that's something to keep our eyes on as well with Dalvin Cook maybe signing with the Jets. Ezekiel Elliott, I, I can't believe he's not signed, but I understand why. Leonard Fournette, kind of, same kind of reason. Those guys will sign somewhere. But Dalvin he, Cook is not coming off a bad year. He's still – I mean, he was a Pro Bowl player four years in a row, over 1,000 yards, I believe, four years in a row, 11. 143 yards is not bad, and he had a decent amount of receiving yards. Yeah. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's, you know, he's way past his prime. Yeah, Although yeah, he's not yeah. a really old guy, you know, he has slowed down immensely. He, look, I know he doesn't get the amount of carries in Dallas that he used to because of, uh, I can't remember the guy's Tony name. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard made it to his first Pro Bowl last year. But there's a reason he doesn't get as many carries as he used to is because he's not even the best running back on the Dallas Cowboys. So I don't know that anybody signs uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I've never heard him, by the way, be described as a great teammate. I I know that he's been in trouble off the field for a number of things. So why are you going to go out and pay for that? You would have to pay as much, I guess, as part of it. He's still more than serviceable. But I'd rather get a guy you've never heard of that can get 600 yards on the ground. Or whatever his stats were. Uh, yeah, I guess it depends on who that person was. And there was talk Plus, that maybe even, the Eagles even, might be interested in him. Even if you give him the, the minimum, you're still going to have to pay him more than a second-year guy who, again, you've never heard of, right? But then some of these guys seemingly, like Saquon Barkley with the numbers you said, $16 million. We heard Dalvin Cook wants, I think, 12 or somewhere. He wants more than $10 million. I know it was like 11 or 12 or whatever it was. He's going to have to come down from that price. That seems to be the main reason, and the Vikings have a viable backup now, or now a starter, why they let him go. But he's still a good running back. Again, he's not on his down, you know, the downward spiral of his career. Dalvin Cook? Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think he should be signed, but it's and the money that's out of keeping the back- him away. He's, he's a good receiver out of the backfield right. as well. And- and uh, that's what you need to be. But uh, I was just so this is the season of lists. And when you talk about edge rushers, I always forget about Miles Garrett. Now, this one I'm looking at, this list, actually comes from NFL.com. And they say Miles Garrett is the best uh, uh, outside pass rusher, along with Micah Parsons. 
You know, I always think of Micah Parsons as a linebacker. Right, right. But Nick Bosa is third. Now, there's a lot of people that would have Nick Bosa as number one. Um, How can you go wrong with any of them, really? T.J. Watt, I mean, it's got to be one of the best edge rushers, too, right? Right. Uh, Matt Judon, well, he was hurt last year, so he was not the other one of the okay, top last, last year. Yeah. Uh, but Matthew Judon for the New England Patriots. Uh, he's the best player on that team. And shouldn't we talk about Max Crosby? I mean, yeah. he's not, he's not say, as lanky as Ted Hendricks, but he reminds me, he's mean and nasty, and he reminds me of Ted Hendricks, not just because he's in a uh, Raiders uniform. Right. I, I, I think the same thing about Max Crosby. He's that talented. But there, there's some good ones out there. I think Aaron Donald, the name you know we, we mentioned earlier, you know he wasn't a great year for the Rams. Uh, he lost guys around him, and like you said, he was hurt a little bit as well. But I think it's hard not to put him in the top two or three in the last five years at least, if not just the last two. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, folks, if you want to chime in, 808-296-1420. Uh, the Zephyr Insurance text line is open for you. I tell you what, we'll get a traffic check, and Laura Beeman's going to join us in about 20 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. see here in the Honolulu Star Advertiser that our public schools uh, lag in violence prevention. You see, there's uh, public schools all over because of these school shootings, right? The uh, They have these systems set up for, you know, monitoring and preventing school shootings uh, on the mainland. And there's only one public school here. It has anything like that uh, in effect, and that's Kapolei Middle School. And um, there's somebody here from the mainland from, oh, well, actually, they're from Canada. Her name is Teresa Campbell. And uh, she started this program in schools where you can, uh, you know, uh, it's intervention and threat assessment management or something like that. Anyway, uh, she's saying that uh, I guess they asked the legislature for money for this uh, um system to be put in schools here you know to stop violence before it occurs and uh they did not grant the money and that would be whoever is in charge of granting money for the doe that's all i'm saying i'm not saying i'm just saying i know there's a lot of schools on the mainland that have use that now i'm not sure what the percentage is but you read about it more and more because there's a lot more school shootings more and more and there have been some uh instances where i've read where kids they say they did what they they acted how they did when a event does occur because of what they learned in this training so it can really in in, in preventing it so yeah yeah hey uh check this out yesterday and i don't know if this was mountain mountain there's two mountain west websites main websites that we kind of follow the mountain west wire and what's the other one? Mountain West Connection. Mountain West Connection. And I think this was from Mountain West Connection yesterday. And they list the top 20 players in the Mountain West Conference, the top 20 football players in the Mountain West Conference. And it pains me to look at this because number one on the list was a guy that 
used to play for the University of Hawaii. Oh, and it's not Chevin Cordero. Cameron Lockridge, remember him? Yes. So he's a senior corner now at Fresno State, and they say he is the top corner in the Mountain West Conference. So when he goes to the NFL, can we claim him as our own? Come on. (laughs) Some people will. I believe he had an interception against Hawaii last year, if I'm not mistaken. And I think the first game I saw him play last year, they were playing, uh, I'm not sure if it was BYU or somebody big out of conference, and he had a really good game there too as well. Uh, And you think about some of those guys that got away, um, to be honest, because of Todd Graham. And he, I mean, he was good for Hawaii. It seemed like he had a better year with Fresno last year and number one in the conference, as you said, too. So it says a lot about him. Okay, I don't remember this guy. The number two player is this guy named Tory Hort, uh, Horton, uh, a wide receiver from Colorado State. Do you remember him? I don't remember him. No, but we two years ago when they were here, I remember they had the tight ends who got drafted, but I don't remember the receiver. I know uh, we didn't play them at home last year. I don't remember him, no. Mm. Okay, let's see. There's... Oh, there's George Holani is there, the run, the running back from Boise State. How what many years does he get? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, dude, come on. You can't go to college for eight years. Stop. There's a lot of players on this list, though, from Colorado State. As we go down the list, Cam Stone is number seven, and he's the guy that was the uh, cornerback from Wyoming that transferred to Hawaii. Right. I mean, this guy, everywhere you look, whether you're looking at Phil Steele's magazine or Athlon, I mean, everybody is this. It, it's I'm not responsible for the hype. I'm just reading what other people are talking about, right? So we can't, Gary, you and I can't be, can't be um, you know, accused of overhyping this guy. Right. But everybody who's, you know, follows this stuff says... Cam Stone, he's the real deal. Yeah, Phil Steele was on with us about two weeks ago, and that was one of the first names he mentioned for the University of Hawaii as far as being a standout or impact player for the season, and rightfully so. Yeah. the um, I don't know. I look forward to it. It's because it's we're so tired of if you're watching a game, like you're watching an away game on TV, and they uh, we've brought this up before, and then the uh, the receiver for the other team gets the ball, and you're like, there's nobody with a white jersey. There's nobody with Hawaii jersey in the picture on the yes. TV. Why is that? It used to happen a lot. You're not going to see that with Cam Stone. By the way, Shevin, so Cam Stone, number seven out of 20. Shevin Cordero is number nine. So this is, I have nothing bad to say about Shevin Cordero. Now, Shevin Cordero is not the most accurate passer in the world. I think we can all agree on that, correct? Not the most accurate, but good. Well, 60% to me is not good. Um, especially when the good quarterbacks are throwing 70-72 nowadays. So he's not the most uh, – so if Shevin Cordero is the best quarterback in the Mountain West Conference, that's um, – it's there's no Jake Hayner coming up this year in the Mountain West Conference. So, I mean, I'm glad if it's going to be somebody who's recognized as the best quarterback that it's a guy from Hawaii and Hawaii's Cordero. own. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer's not walking through that door, I guess, either. No, Hank Bachmeyer transferred. Remember, he entered the transfer yeah. portal. They, they, Where did he go? Do you remember? I, I just saw his name the other day. There, the last year, the last couple of years, the Mountain West has had some pretty good quarterbacks overall. I mean, they had some really good pro prospects, including Jake Kaner. Not that Chevin isn't or is, but I think most of those guys are gone, and maybe that's one of the reasons. And he did put up good numbers, not only for Hawaii but for San Jose State last year. 
So I can understand him being number one. Uh, again, I'm not sure who would be number two uh, as far as returning from last year. All right. A couple of teams had down seasons, like in Nevada, as we mentioned, and some of the others. Mm-hmm. As I see, oh, I'm, I'm being told here, Torrey Horton, the uh, wide receiver for Colorado State, didn't play last year. Ah. And um, Hank Bachmeyer transferred to Louisiana Tech. Thank you, Tanner. Oh, okay. Now, the last guy on this list uh, that with Hawaii ties is number 19. It's, uh, well, he's going to be a sophomore now. Safety Peter Manuma. 70 tackles, three tackles for loss, got a sack, a couple of interceptions, some deflections, forced fumbles. Man, I didn't realize he was a three-star recruit. Way to go. That's a great get. For the Broadahood right there, recruiting-wise. As a freshman last year, he had a fantastic year. It's yeah. going to be scary good to see how much he'll improve, even if it's just a little each year. I mean, he, he looks like an all-first team Mountain West player with what he did last yeah. year. You know what? If he plays this year like he did last year, I'm totally satisfied with that. Yeah. He, right. was, a, he was a stud on defense. I wish more people played like Peter Manuma. Oh yeah, he he was fantastic. One of the guys I I was I mean it's all subjective for this list and everything, but sure. I think Tylen Hines. That's just that's not us being biased or thinking he's better than he is. That guy is better than legit. He's got to be one of the top running backs in this conference. And I understand he doesn't have as much experience that it start all of last year. But I don't when think he, came he had on, as many. Yeah, I don't think he had to, as many carry. I think he needed right. more carries because he didn't, he didn't be start as much. Right, boy, was he electric. I mean, he scored that 54-yarder against Michigan, the touchdown, and it wasn't just one play. He did this week in, week out, every game seemingly getting better and better. And, again, he was only a true freshman last year. So he <laughs> that was the only good play in the Michigan game, remember? Yeah, it was. It was. But he did it I mean he did it throughout the whole season, just got better and better. And again, as a freshman, your two two of your best players were freshmen last year. That's cool. Well, what does that say about uh, the Broderhood? What does the that say about the future looks Chang? bright. The future looks bright. He's a good recruiter. Got some of these guys to come here. Right. And I'm not sure if Tylen Hines was Timmy's recruit, but I Manuma was, I believe. I don't think that was um, from Todd Graham at mm. all. If I'm mm. not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, can you imagine somebody, somebody at, at that time during recruiting time that Manuma would say yes to coming to the University of Hawaii? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe it was like you know, whatever. I'd work through it because I want to stay home. But the I saw something last night while I was preparing for, uh, for the show. I was looking at something on one of these websites, and they're analyzing how the Mountain West conferences have done with the transfer portal. And they ranked them as winners or losers in the transfer portal. And if I'm remembering correctly, everybody was a loser or slight loser, they called. They, they, they had the, the ranking of loser or slight loser, winner uh, and or slight winner. There were only two winners, according to the, the writer, and that was Hawaii and San Jose State. As far as using the transfer portal. Now, somebody like Air Force, they're not allowed to use the transfer portal, right? Right, right, right. They're, 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 there's military academy. You can't transfer in that way. You have to sign up at some, you know, at the traditional <laughs> place you sign up for the military. <laughs> but um, but there, were, there were only two, and everyone else was kind of losers or slight losers. I found that 
I found that very, very interesting. Remember we had Jackson Moore on Tuesday from 24-7 Sports and he even talked about Hawaii and Timmy Chang with the transfer portal this year. So they did wow. a much better job. They started getting some really good players via that route. All right. Uh, we see here that Manu Ma was a, was a Todd Graham recruit. He gray-shirted, according to Tanner Hayworth. Okay. Manu Ma was a gray shirt. Anyway, it's 8.32. Time to talk to Laura Beeman and uh, get kind of some thoughts on the Big West uh, schedule that just came out for the men and women. Well, she'll comment on the women's schedule, of course. That's coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. want to invite you to Growler Hawaii coming up this Wednesday. We're going to be there with Chad Owens and Charlie Wade and Coach Bud. And maybe we should ask Coach Beeman if she's not doing anything to come down. That would be fun. Anyway, uh, that's coming up Wednesday from 5 to 7 at Growler Hawaii from ESPN Honolulu. Back with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. We're going to talk some Rainbow Wahine basketball right now. Joining us via the Aloha Kia hotline from back east right now is head coach Laura Beeman. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. And I remember talking to you at several points last season, let's say in January and February, when the topic of uh, four games in eight days came up that every team had to go through. But with Hawaii, of course, the travel involved makes it really tough. And you said, really, no coach really wants did it we know why the condensed season but i was sure when the big west big west schedule came out yesterday that you were very relieved that that's not going to take place this year yes hi everyone also um thanks for having me on aloha uh, yeah <laughs> aloha from maryland mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah very relieved that we don't have to do that uh, four games in eight days stint you know they actually threw in a couple single, you know, game week type situations, and I think that everyone's going to welcome that uh, this season for sure. What about the fact, and I brought this up, where the men have been on the road to end Big West play for nine years in a row, and they liked it as far as getting ready for the Big West tournament. This year, your team will get to be already in Southern California and make the quick trip to Vegas. Is that something that is better for this team to have to deal with it that way? You know, I think it's how you spin it with your kids. You know, when you come all the way back and you're like, okay, you get to sleep in your own bed and you have senior night, you know, the Saturday before you take off, the energy, the excitement's there. Um, I think if we spin it and say, hey, guys, we don't have to take that extra, you know, plane ride and we're just going to be able to wake up kind of, uh, you know, leisurely, get on a bus, drive up to Henderson. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for this team is we obviously feel very comfortable playing in the Dollar, you know, dollar Loan Center in Henderson. They, they seem to like it and perform well. We know that following your team over the years, really since you've been here, you've always scheduled a road game right around Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's on the mainland, so a lot of the girls can be near family during the holidays. This year, a Big West play starts for your team, and again, you're starting it on the road at Cal State Fullerton on December 30th. Is that something that helps you scheduling-wise for the rest of the schedule as far as knowing you're already going to be in the West Coast? You know, we'll still do the game uh, prior to Christmas, so the kids have a little bit more time at home. It really gives them just a boost. And so what we'll do is we'll reconvene in California, you know, close to Fullerton so we can practice and do what we need to do. 
Um, you know, the kids have been great about getting those schedules in and, and being mentally and physically ready. They stay, you know, in tune with what's going on when they go home. And so, you know, I think that helps to give them that extra time on the mainland. You know, we play that game at Fullerton, and then this year we get to be home for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, which is nice. Last year we were traveling on both those days. And so to be home for those will be really nice for the kids. And then it's every other week. Um, and we're used to that, and we're going to travel well. You know, Hawaiian Airlines takes wonderful care of us, so we're going to travel well and, uh, you know, hopefully do what we do and continue to excel in season and be ready for postseason when it matters. That'd be cool if we beat Fullerton just before Christmas because then we can remind Jeff Harada, hey, remember where you came from? But the... <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> Laura Beeman joining the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. You know, when you mentioned that the girls like that, you know, you want to sleep in your own bed. I don't know, but when I was 19, the beds in the hotels were always a lot nicer than my bed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they do comment on that. The pillows in the beds are great, and they do like the, the hotels you stay in. So, you know, they do enjoy that. I think that just being on the road for potentially – you know, a week for a Thursday, Saturday, then we drive to Henderson, we're there for a week, and then hopefully we're back on the road flying someplace from Henderson and staying in the tournament. You know, potentially we could be on the road anywhere four to six to seven weeks. That's a long time. Um, but we will deal with it. And I think that if we are in the situation where we're leaving Henderson and back in the NC2A tournament, I think we'll all look at it like, you know, the alternative wouldn't be very fun. So, um, like I said, we'll deal with it as we, as we proceed. Uh, I, I'm going to ask a question about non-conference from a listener in just a second, but what about the fact that during the Big West schedule that was released, when you look at it, there's an occurrence where you have only one road game on a road trip. Is that something you rather avoid? Cause it's a long way to go for just one game. You know, I would prefer a bye week be an actual bye week where we didn't have to travel, yes. I think right. that a bye week for us and they put us on the road isn't really a bye week. It's just giving us one game. So I'm not jazzed about that, but I would rather take that situation over the, the four games sure. um, in eight days. You know, we will go, and we will tell the kids, this is a single game, just like what you have to do in the NC2A tournament. So you get on a plane, you go where you need to go, you take care of business, and then you go to number next. And that is how we approach season, is it is a business trip. And so whether it's one game, two games, we're in a, the same location or not, we approach everything like a business trip. We get focused, and we take care of the business that we need to take care of. And that road game will be February 24th, a Saturday at Long Beach State. You have two home games before it and two home games after it, but that is the one-game road trip. Uh, one of your biggest fans, Ben, uh, texted in, and he wanted to know if you can disclose a Power 5 conference team that might be on your schedule pre-Big West. For Ben, I will do anything. He's an amazing supporter. Um, yes, I'll just say that it starts with Stan and ends with Ferd, and so – that will be a Power 5 that we play. Um, our opening weekend will be Stanford. Um, that will be a great challenge for, for our girls to get on the road, uh, open up there. And then we obviously will have a pretty hefty tournament schedule both pr uh, prior to Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving weekend. Um, so, you know, we, we want to test our kids. And so, Ben, that one is for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll be on some road trips with your team before the Big West term. I know he always goes to that. You know, earlier That's in the right, show, yeah. I was bringing up the mention, there's all over Twitter and social media and ESPN.com earlier, that the men's uh, NCAA tournament, they're talking at least about expanding it from 68 team. Nothing imminent, they say, but it's talk. For the women's tournament, has there been talk about expanding the amount of teams there? There always is. You know, we have a tendency to wait and see kind of what happens with the, the guys or how the you know WNIT goes, if it gets expanded. 
Uh, we we kind of let other people be the test pilot for us. So those, those conversations are going to happen. There's going to be equity between, you know, men's and women's basketball. And so if it happens on the men's side, it's going to happen on the women's side. You know, pros and cons, I think there was more parity um, on the men's side. So when you have, you know, a 15 and a 1, 16 and a 1, there's a little bit more parity sometimes. You see those upsets on the men's side. We have not yet had that on the women's side. And I'm hoping that we're going to get there. I don't know if expanding the tournament is going to help that or not help that. Um, and so I'm kind of curious to see what direction they're going to have to see Does it help as far as the Big West maybe getting in that large team if they expand it? You know, I think I think before we we look at the Big West getting an at large, the at large absolutely, we're going to get our one. Getting two, I think, is a tall task right now for for the Big West. I think before that, we need to get a better seed. We need to get someone at a twelve or thirteen. Mm. That's when there has been some success, and so I think the push, you know, on the women's side, and I actually believe it's on the men's side as well, is let's get a better seed, prove that we play great basketball, can go in, you know, upset that that higher seed. Um, and then they'll, the, the talk for a second automatic may occur. But until we can do something other than go in and, and get beat that first round, you know, um, there's not going to be a lot of talks about two teams coming in from our conference. So I think that's the direction the conference is going. I'm excited about that. You know, the new format of the uh, Big West Conference Tournament is going to uh, really protect the, your one and two seeds. Um, you're going to get a double bye, so you win the thing, and then you have – a little bit of rest versus having to play four or five games to get there. Um, I think those are all really, really positive moves for our conference. Um, and then, yeah, if you're a 12 or 13, we have to make some noise. I remember talking to you years ago about the double buy when they had the double buy back in the women's tournament. They kept bringing it back for both, as you said. But you mentioned a few years ago that wasn't always an advantage because some of the teams that played a game or two, having it under their belt, were already in rhythm and a little bit more in sync, and maybe you have the extra rest time. wasn't always an advantage. Well, I think this year with Fullerton, we saw that. You know, we had to go double overtime, and that first, and they had already played. And that first game is scary, I think, for any coach particularly if you have a good seed because you're supposed to move on. I think your kids are a little tight. You know, they've been sitting around watching basketball. They want to play. On the other hand, if you have kids that are injured or you have a tougher scout um, or you have a veteran team, I think at times then that double buy is really good because it's just let's go take care of business. Um, for me, that first game is always the one that keeps me up. After that, we just go play basketball. We you know, kind of got our, our feet underneath us a little bit, the ball feels good basket looks big that first game is always a scary one for me so whether we're getting the double buy or not um, obviously everyone has to show up and play but I do like the format particularly for the formation reasons that you know we have to be a better seed um, so that we can make some noise in the tournament and then hopefully become a, a two qualify type conference but we can't keep going into playing number one seed and getting beat um, even though I thought, thought we played very very well against LSU uh, this year, you know, we need to go in and make a little bit different sound, a little bit different noise. Right. Well, hopefully, you know, less than a year from now, we'll have the three-peat church for winning three Big West tournaments in a row. That would be the hope <laughs> and the plan and getting a little bit higher seat, as you mentioned, as well. Well, we're glad the Big West schedule is out. We'll look forward to the rest of the schedule coming out. College basketball is not that far off as well. Uh, enjoy your, your trip back east in Maryland, and we'll talk to you soon, Coach. Thanks again for joining us. Mahalo. I appreciate you guys having me on. <laughs> Aloha. All right. That's uh, uh, Laura Beeman on the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. Check out the website, alohakia.com. We, uh, oh, don't they have really good crabs or something up yeah, in uh, yeah, Maryland? Yeah. 
crab cakes. They're big there. The um, you know, I'm reminded of last season. It was a really special season. Hawaii starts off last year. They're like, you know, they always play a tough uh, non-conference right. schedule, but they start off like two wins and seven losses, something like that. It's just like, uh. And then they, you know, they finished overall. I think in the month of February, there were like seven wins and three losses. There were thirteen and seven in conference play, and then uh, they win the, of course, the Big West tournament, and um, you know, a couple of close game in the finals against uh, Santa Barbara, winning by two. That was really an exciting season, though. Again, appearing like she said against LSU, the national champs in the NCAA tournament. I mean, I remember that game. We were. We were, like, respectable for a half. Yeah. Maybe yeah. part of a third quarter. And then it was like, uh-oh. They, they, you know, they then they opened up a can of you-know-what on us. And that's what happened. I mean, they be, you know, they, they're the national champs. Right. But Total Hawaii springs. did not embarrass itself at all. No, and, no. And uh, it was a, you know, it was. It was a good season. It was a very special season. So hopefully we get something even close to that in 2023. It's 848 here. On ESPN Honolulu, uh, we'll be back to wrap it up here. Also, the Emmy nominations are out. Oh, boy. That's coming up on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Oh, check it out, ESPNHonolulu.com, or check out our YouTube channel for Athletes with a capital Eats. Cole Mausoff uh, sits down with famous uh, athletes at different uh, uh, establishments here in Hawaii. And uh, it's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Hawaii's best bank. Hey, Gary, somebody texted in. They say, when does Hawaii pay- football pay-per-view come out? Getting close and no mention. I don't know much about pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't know when it. I don't know when it comes out. Um, well, what do you mean when it comes out? When you can order it? When you, yeah, I mean, if you're going to buy a season package, I, my opinion, I don't know if it matters if you can you order it on July 13th or August 13th because, you know, it's it still really two matter, months right? away from the first game, so I'm not sure why that would matter to some people. But Maybe they're waiting. Are there still national... Um, uh, national networks who are picking games. I mean, they're all they picked, were, right? Yeah, they're, 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 I, think, I just took the screenshot. There's five games that are on national TV that have already been chosen. Uh, so I don't think there's anything to look at as far as games not being on Spectrum for the pay-per-view package. So I'm not sure why that would be a big question. Oh, well, maybe they're just curious. Maybe maybe they're doing their financing, and I don't know why people ask questions, but I mean, they good questions. I would I think Spectrum would probably have the answer to that. Yeah, I bet you could just give them a call. Yeah, there's actually there's four games listed on national TV. Vanderbilt, Stanford, Oregon, and San Diego State as of right okay. now. All right. Now, hold on a second because don't say that I uh, I do not I do not uh, contribute and help out where I can. Okay. You can call. You can call Spectrum. <laughs> I can't find it. Oh, here we go. I have it listed in my phone under Oceanic Time Warner. Call 643-2100. There you go. Thank you very much. I just wanted to help out where I want to help out where I can. <laughs> um, let's see. Here's another text. Aloha, guys. My big disappointment is the Waikiki Notatorium. 
I took my lifeguard test there and swim meets. <laughs> I'm not trying to respond to that. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. I'm sorry about that. About maybe water polos work uh, training in the o- the ocean for Campbell. I don't know if I, had, I don't have nothing to do with that. I don't know. Hey, I don't know. Hey, the uh, Emmy nominations are out. Uh, the 75th Emmy Awards. Succession scored the most with 27 nominations. Wow. Are you familiar with Succession? I watched it when it first came out. I watched four or five episodes, and I kind of – I didn't really lose interest. I just lost track of it, so I haven't watched it since. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I watched – I mean, how many seasons did they have? Probably I like watched a lot five. of it. And one or two. Anyway, I watched quite a bit, and then I lost interest because something else better came on or something. Very popular, though I hear. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's really good. Macaulay, remember the guy that plays the spoiled like middle kid? That's Macaulay Culkin's brother. This is brother, right? Yes, yeah. Remember when Macaulay Culkin was famous? Famous. There was a lot of pictures of his little brother with him from, (laughs) and it was like that's the guy. And now he's the most. He's just a. He's a real. He's a creep. And he's a pervert, and he's—it's like wow. Is it Kieran? I think Kieran is his real name. I think so, yeah. yeah. But I—I I, I think he plays a great character. Yeah, yeah. He was you really know? controversial at the beginning when I remember. Not that. because he's a pervert; it's a great no, character. No, I just, just say he does role, a great job, great job playing this character. Right. right. Uh, Ted Lasso had a bunch of nominations. Now here's something from FX called The Bear. I, I'm not familiar. You know, so many of the shows, when I started seeing the nominees, I've never watched or heard of a lot of these shows. It used to be oh. the three networks, and I know there's a lot more channels now, which is great, but some of these new shows, I just it's like the the Grammy Awards. I don't know a lot of the musicians either, but for the TV shows, not familiar with all of them like I used to. Okay. The uh, Yeah, so Tanner says The Bear is very good. So I've heard that um, got good reviews. Uh, Netflix, see, I, want, I, I don't know this one. Netflix has a revenge dramedy called beef also hbo the white lotus i've heard that was of that. great oh that was great but is that like one of those movies that are just critically acclaimed but it's just because it's oh no smooth? i love this two seasons where they go to a lotus hotel first one was on maui next one in italy and there's all these interchanging stories where everybody's vacations become connected in some way and it's yeah. really well written really kind of dramatic kind of funny and great actors in it so i like wow. the show both both seasons all right, Tanner says beef is really good too. Hey, it's it's what it's what's for dinner. But um, Yellowstone did not get any nominations again. Yellowstone is like the best series out there. That's what I've heard as well. Come no on. nominations. No nominations. Man, that's surprising because everything I've heard about it. This is the last season I hear coming up of Yellowstone. Is well, it Kevin the last Costner season? Might need the or is it the last season with Kevin Costner? Or is Kevin Costner even? I heard that he was trying to get out of the doing the deal. Yeah, supposedly, but he's getting going through a nasty divorce where he's ordered to pay double what uh, he offered to pay in the beginning. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, because his wife can't get by on four hundred thousand yeah. dollars a month. Yes, a month. Because he wants the kids to have the same level quality of life they had while they were living with him. Well, then you go out and do what he does. Oh, I mean, that's not the way to put it. But gosh, <laughs> I agree. Four hundred thousand a month? How do you spend that much money? Anyway, we gotta go. We'll see you tomorrow. ESPN Honolulu. See ya.